Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. There's local politics, bud. I want to shake his hand. I want to shake his hand. I want to shake his hand. Was that supposed to be funny? Get these clowns out of here. Why would they do that? Do I have any freaking game? Dude. It's a cocky bunch, man. Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Alrighty, welcome in to a Tuesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Brock here inside the Pirate Radio Studios, coming to you today on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington. You can find us on 1250, 930, also online, PR927FM.com. And watch the show on Facebook Live and YouTube. You can be a part of the program with your questions and comments. If you got a question for uh, a couple of former Pirates we'll be talking to today, you can get those in. Willie Smith, former East Carolina offensive lineman, and Bryce Williams, former Pirate tight end, going to be joining us on today's program. Uh, We'll talk to Willie here in just a couple of seconds. Uh, Mike Mullis joins us at 4 o'clock. Mark Brown, CamdenChat.com, will join us two days left to go in the MLB regular season. And we are just uh, three days away from postseason baseball. So we'll have a little MLB playoff preview with Mark Brown coming up. And also uh, his thoughts on Connor Norby and when we might see him playing for the Baltimore Orioles. Norby led the minor league organization in home runs this season and seems to be on a uh, fast track to the big league. So we'll talk about that coming up. At around 4.30, Bryce Williams is here at 5 o'clock. We got some Mike Houston comments to get to as well from his press conference earlier today. So we got all that going on. Shirley Rhodes is here. The Chan Man, intern Peter, CJ Schaefer, Ellerby at the head of the table. Hello, Jonathan. Hey, Clipper. How are you? I'm doing all right. Just all right? Yeah. I, something uh, irked me earlier today. What? What happened? Uh, just uh, Anything I can help with? Probably not. Can Anything you, Willie Smith can help with? Can you fit? Well, Willie could have uh, about eleven years ago, but he's no longer on Washington, <laughs> so no, he can't do anything about it now. The the, the commanders are still irking you. Ah, uh, and let me introduce Willie Smith to the show. Hello, Willie. Good to see. How you, are we man. doing today, man? Doing great. Doing yeah, great. good to see. Good to see you. It, it, it's just so my uh, I guess apathy set in early this year with Washington. I wasn't even mad they lost to Dallas on Sunday. I mean, I expected it to happen. But a phrase came up today from a player, and I like John Allen. He is a great, great player, great defensive lineman, maybe the best player on the team. But he said a phrase today that has now been said three times by three different players since 2019. Josh Norman in 2019, Bobby McCain last year, John Allen this year. He used the quote when talking in an interview, he told fans to keep that same energy when we turn things around. Keep that same energy. Three different players have said it in the last four seasons for fans to keep the same energy when we turn it around. Don't be jumping on the bandwagon. If you have to say that once, it's bad. Twice, it's really bad. If you have to say that three times in four years, maybe the issue is the, the team, the organization, and not the fans at that point. Do you may help you out? I've got a solution for you. Please. You know what month it is? Yes. 
Choptober. <laughs> get on the Braves bandwagon. Get rid of Washington out of your life. I, I can't get rid of them, but uh, it, it just man. baseball will be on Sundays from now on too. So you can you, you don't have to watch the Commanders. Choptober. Yeah, I, I was again. I was fine with the result on Sunday because I knew. But that phrase really irritates me. Keep that same energy. The problem is we've had that energy for twenty five years. And we're not getting rid of that energy because the team stinks every year. So anyway, that was why you asked what was irking me, okay. and that was irking me. Uh, well, I was, well now, now you got me irked. Like, I've been sitting here watching the Redskins and, well, Washington yeah. and been trying to get behind the team, man. You know, I played with them and, you know, wanting to be a fan of the team, but, man, they suck. Like, it's hard to, like, say, yeah, that's my team, but I know. It, it's hard, man. I, I feel your pain. I and, feel your and pain. again, I like John Allen. Like, he is an awesome player. So it's not personal against him. And it's just a comment. He's basically saying stick with us. But when you have to keep repeating that phrase, it's, uh, man, it, it's irritating. Over and over and over. Keep that same energy. <laughs> maybe a, a little, little stupid phrase. Maybe a little clip carry would uh, get you in the mood. Not just, now, LRB. Maybe maybe some mama family reruns. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe Sanford and Son. Yeah, okay. yeah. Little Sanford. There you go. Little Fred Sanford could cheer, uh, cheer me up. Anyway, let's... Uh, there was a negative note, but let's uh, let's talk positives, Willie. Pirates getting back in the win column, back above five hundred, and uh, picking up their first conference win of the year on Saturday. Yeah, um, man, they, they looked really, really good out there. Um, it was refreshing to see the offense come out and, and light it up early like that. I mean, it seems like uh, DK was listening to me, man. I said we needed to open the playbook up, man, and he did that. You saw some screens. You saw some draws. You saw him air it out down the field and, and get everybody involved, man. And CJ had a really big game, and Houghton had a big game. And I was very impressed with how we played in the first half. I uh, kind of tuned out in the second half when did something. When I came back to the score, I was like, what the heck? I, I was a little shocked in the second half to see that. We need you to have the same energy you had in the first half. (laughs) No, Fairweather Willie only watches when things are going good. Have you been hanging out with Tony Collins? I mean, uh, halftime Tony? I mean, what the heck's going on? No, but so it's 41-7 at halftime. Right. You flip the score back on, what were you expecting to see? 58 to, you know. I I was thinking it was going to be around right at, like you said, 58, maybe in the 60s. Yeah. It never happens like that. The score's always 41-7. to People think it's going to double in the second half. Yeah. It never happens happens like that usually the team that has 41 in a that, that big of a margin only yeah. gets about seven to ten more points yeah so what do you think leads to teams you know taking their foot off the gas pedal at that point man i I'm love a, that you're asking us that you're the former player <laughs> you tell us no, i, I want to hear from the spectators man I, the guy that's always talking about it, you watch so much sports like uh, what, what do you think i'm gonna give you my opinion i think it's natural to, for that to happen that you you probably do take the foot off the pedal also you got to remember the other team and they can do one of two things. They can fold up the tent and quit, or they can come out right. and play a strong second half. I, clearly, they made some adjustments. They did some things right. Uh, East Carolina, bad turnover in the second half. So my thought is it's kind of natural. I mean, if this show is going good for the first hour and a half, I might ease off the next hour and a half and say, well, I've done my job today. Well, right. no, i got to finish strong. Well, doesn't right. it become a time of possession thing where the offensive coordinator is saying, hey, look, let's let's get our offense on the field, grind it out for about six minutes. And even if we punt, it doesn't really matter. But uh, if we if we take it from the 10 or 15 down to the – You start playing pit, the clock instead of the right. opponent. Yeah, I think well, you're, you're just trying to burn the 30 minutes off the clock. And, yeah. Uh, and, and, All right, Willie, grade our papers. How do we do this? <laughs> yes. Well, you know what, man? That, that was some uh, very well-articulated <laughs> 
arguments on uh, why you think that way. And you know, both of you are right, in my opinion. You know, it comes down to, hey, man, we, we're up. You know, the guys are thinking, well, man, I don't want to go ahead and get injured. So they, they start playing more safe. You know, uh, the office coordinator was, look, man, we're up. You don't want to give this up, so let's change up the game plan. Let's put some more runs in here so we can, you know, control the ball longer and keep the other team off the field. And you change up what was working for you. So I think it's a little bit of both. Um, but, yeah, my teams just got to have – when you think about something like Alabama, man, they, they don't care. Like, they're going to run the score up on you, and they just got a mindset around we're going to – Blow up whoever we play. But I think yeah. a team. If we think had their players, it'd be a little. I bit. think a team like Alabama lulls lulls the other team into sleep that they think they're going to run the ball a couple right. times, right. and then they have a receiver when they're asleep just get right. way past the cornerbacks and defensive backs, yeah. and then he's wide open, and then they'll throw a sixty yard pass for a touchdown. Yeah. Right. So I mean, I just I think East Carolina. I mean, it just you know one one pass could be a turnover versus yeah. hey you want to have a you want to keep the ball. 10 or 12 times on the drive and then punt. And we I, talked to the guys yesterday, Willie, and they said that in the locker room, the coaches were, guess what? They were saying the score zero zero. Right. You gotta go, but they all admitted like, yeah, you look at that scoreboard and you say, okay, this thing should be about over. So right. it's, uh, it's tough. And, you know, I, I, a lot of people were complaining in the second half. If you score 41 in the first half, you kind of have the right to, to give up a few in the second. Like, you'd love to see it be what double it up 82 to 14 that'd have been a cool final score but that's not the way it works that would be like you said so right. uh kudos to the pirates for doing what they did early which uh allowed them to take a, a little bit of the, the, the day off in the second half yeah i mean you i think you i mean you see it in basketball too i mean when there's a game big, of runs i mean there's the you know team gets a little it, it's natural don't yeah i mean when when you're up four scores right don't i mean your mindset changes from the sideline to the players to i mean everybody's having a little more fun yeah. thinking about i mean aren't you thinking about other things than the next play right now i mean what you guys are saying is very true um and at the same time man i just feel like you want to train the guys to think i mean even the coaches got to train themselves to think hey look you know we're preparing for the next opponent. Because think about it. If you do put up 80 on a team, the team you're playing the next week, they're going to be like, oh, God, they're coming in. Like, you're going to already be messing their mind mentally. So you're, you've already beat them, in a sense, if you put up a high score like that. So I don't know. I mean, I understand. But how much more from. of your offense do you want to reveal, too? But you you didn't have to do anything different. What was they what they were doing was working. Just so execute you what just, you do. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just execute what you're already doing and just, you know, Turn up another notch, At what man. point is the lead too big in the second half where you only have to run the ball? Pirates are up forty-one to seven. If they get it to X to seven, when do they just basically run off left tackle, right tackle? Never, man. Run the score up high as you can. If you can score a hundred, <laughs> score a hundred, man. Steve, Steve would hate me if I was office coordinator. <laughs> so, so you would have looked at it and said, you know what, CJ Johnson, how many yards does he have? He needs, let's, he needs to get four hundred yards today. Right. That's the way you would have looked at. Absolutely. it. You would have gone Xbox on him. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, it was South Florida who was throwing the ball up huge against East Carolina. What LRB five years ago, maybe Willie Taggart and threw Willie- a ball with like. No time left. Willie Taggart, ironically, the coach of the team where they played the game at this weekend. So maybe they could have honored him by running up the score. But we've seen against Old Dominion. We saw it the other day. Mike Houston kind of takes the foot off the gas late in the game. Have you ever been in a game where the score's been run up or you were the running up? Let me think about that. 
Do you remember any of the, those feel? I mean, in the NFL, you just said you would run it up if it was you. If yeah. it happens against you, are you going to take a, offense to it, or are you going to be like, "Oh hey. uh, yeah"? I mean, if, if you're on a team, you're pissed <laughs> off, like, man. I can't are you mad at your? Guy. Are you mad now? Here's the thing: Are you yeah. mad at the other team and coaches because they're running it down? They're kicking your rear end. Right? Are you mad because your team's so sorry that you're <laughs> your rear end kicked? But it's both sides. You're mad. Well, at who yourself. are you mad at the most? You're mad at yourself for being in that position, yeah. but you really want to fight after the game. Like, I didn't, I didn't win the game. I'm gonna win this fight after the game. Like you're gonna, that, that's when you you're gonna win some today. <laughs> right. Willie Smith joining us. So we, we've been on the other side of that in the locker room over the past few years. Not really much since Mike Houston's been here. But how we've talked about how tough it is to stay focused when you're up that big. How about when you're down that big? That's got to be tough too, Willie. That uh, look, we still got another half to play. We might not make up these 34 points, but right. we got to do something. So, how tough is that for a player? Yo, for a player, uh, is is very tough because you're like, damn, man, this game is already over. And at the same time, you know that you're constantly being evaluated, so you don't want to just kind of just try to get by because everybody's watching you. So you want to, hey, every play, I'm going to go out here and play my absolute best. And then from the coach's perspective, hey, you know, we may be down, but we're going to still go out here and execute. We're going to find a way to build character and get better in a losing situation. So there's always something to be gained whether you're up or down in the game. I think that's a great message, and you repeat that a lot. And you're speaking as a guy who went and played at the highest level that no matter the score, situation, first of all, you don't want to let your your teammates down, your coaches down. But secondly, somebody's always watching. Somebody at that next level is always watching and your tape is out there and if you put it out there and it's bad, then everybody gets to see it. So there's always, as you said, for each individual, and fans may not care about that because they want the team to win, but for every player, I think that's a great message for for kids uh, coming up. Like, play every play like somebody's watching you because they are, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's very true And, and football is so much like life, man. Like, even in life, after sports is done, like somebody's always watching what you're doing. Yeah. You know, whether you're working in a job and you know your boss is looking at you, do I want to get this guy a raise or not? How hard is he working? Is he the first one in the office, the last one out? It's the same thing that applies in football. It, it, it applies in life too, man. When same Troy thing. and Ellerby leave. Uh, the, the tape is still rolling, so if I'm here goofing <laughs> off, you guys could go over to review right. it. They, yeah, I mean, they're watching it. Clip Rock stepped up. Did the D.H. Conley game last night? There you go. I asked him. I was like, Did any part of you want to like stay into a fifth quarter for the for the Vikings? lost last night and he was like heck no man i had to get home <laughs> out of here. as quick as i could nice. uh good stuff uh willie smith 20 all right so now it sets up a huge game this week when you win the stakes keep raising and how about Tulane, willie i don't know how much you followed them this year four and one they have won on the road at kansas state great win on the road at houston in overtime last week their lone loss i think was a bit of a letdown off that k-state win they lost at home to southern miss but a really good team receiving votes in the top 25 and uh we got ourselves a, an american athletic conference showdown on saturday yeah no i haven't really followed the team i just kind of looked at the uh, their record to see where they at and you know a team that's winning that much they're gonna have a lot of confidence and like you said the the one game they lost they probably had a chance to win it um so that's going to be a very very challenging uh game we're going into their stadium um i don't know if it's I know when we was going there, it wasn't that much of a game day environment, but it may change now. So you were in the dome, right? Right. right and now right. they got the outdoor stadium. It's kind of quaint. And and this is the first time the Pirates have played there, or they've nah, played there they, one think, other time. I think we've been there, and okay. but it's not a great atmosphere, but it's much better than it was in that big echoey right. dome that you played in. Right. 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 
Well, yeah, uh, you know, going in there, man, you know, this team is confident. This team is um, has been winning. And, you know, we we could be in a completely different situation with a couple different plays on our side on, on ECU. So I think this is going to be a really, really good game. Um, but the Pirates are going to have to bring it. I do worry that, um, you know, with our running back situation being the way it is, you know, are we going to be able to go in and establish the run like you need to when you're on the way? The pass worked so good last week, though. Yeah, it it did. But you definitely – it works better when you know there's a threat of the run. If, you know, you don't have Keaton Mitch, you don't have Harris back there, you know, how much is the defense coordinator going to – you know, really load a box up and blitz the heck out of it because he know you're passing or, you know, know what I mean? So that's something to think about. And then when you think about Tulane, you said they just came off of an overtime win. Was it double overtime or just one? Uh, I think just single, maybe. I think that, yeah, uh, Houston kicked a field goal and Tulane scored and won it, so one overtime. Okay, well, anyway, you look at it, they just came off an overtime game, so that, a lot of times, man, that's a lot of emotion that goes into that, so they may be a little emotionally drained from that, so that could kind of work in our favor. But uh, it's going to be a good game anyway you look at it. I think Tulane's football program is one of the more grounded programs in the conference. They don't really – I mean, Willie Fritz is not a flashy guy. I mean, he's kind of like a lunch pail, all business. And right. I think I think they kind of know who they are. They're not – he hadn't – I mean, Tulane's either been really bad, right. it, of my perception of Tulane, right. over the course of East Carolina's 20 years of playing them, or they, they've had a solid team under Willie Fritz that's just kind of – Somehow they they find some players that uh, just get it done. Louisiana is a very rich environment to recruit in, right. and it just seems like I mean it, it's just going to be a hard nosed game. I mean I don't, I I have for no reason think East Carolina is going to jump out to any double digit lead at nah. any point in this game on weekend. I mean I, I just think it's going to be a, a a hard punch throwing football game on Saturday. Did you hear yeah. the players yesterday? They said when we look at Tulane, it reminds us of us. Uh, like a, a good culture has been built there, uh, which is the same here with Mike Houston. And physical teams, like they said, it's like looking at a mirror when they look at these two teams. Which is why when the spread came out, it was a pick 'em, yeah, uh, even. Which so. is surprising in a way. I would. I mean, I think it's moved to Tulane minus three or whatever. I mean, they. I'll look they, it up now. I, I, I don't think their home field advantage is a great home field advantage of yeah. one of those that's going to be rowdy. Um, but uh, it, it is a road game, and road games. I, I mean, they always say road games are so hard to win, especially yeah. ro- conference road games. What, what makes some of the most difficult hurdles when you're playing on the road, Willie Smith? Um, well, playing on the uh, the road is is challenging. You know, just because you're not at home, you don't have your fans behind you on offense. Um, you know, typically if it's a loud stadium, it makes it harder to communicate on offense. I don't know if they're going to run into that situation or not. I don't know what the crowd is going to be like. Um, but, you know, you really want to have the run going when you're on the road just because it kind of fuels everything else that you want to do. It opens up the play-action pass and just makes life easier for, you know, everybody else on offense. And, you know, with with the guys being down like they are, you know, the old line going to really have to show up this game and really get these guys knocked back and, and make it easier for the guy in the back. How much does the actual travel take out the energy out of the football team of flying on a plane, staying in a hotel room. Uh, how, how much of that, 3.30 kickoff, so how much of that on Friday and Saturday morning, does is, is that a factor at all versus a, versus a home game? 
Yeah, well, I mean, it plays somewhat of a factor, but being that the game is at 3.30, is not that bad. The guys have a little bit of time to sleep in. Um, now, if it was an early game, then, okay, yeah, that might be an issue, but being that it's later in the day, I, I don't see that being a factor. Willie Smith joining us. Michael on Facebook Live has a question that I don't really feel comfortable asking Willie. Maybe I'll do it anyway. Yeah. Willie, what if your team is getting beat bad, and then at the end you want to start a fight and you lose that too? Then what happens? Man, you, you just need to retire. <laughs> Hang it up. Hang it up. It's over. Right. It's over. I'm bad, right. I'm bad at football and fighting. <laughs> this is not going good. Right. Time to get into real estate, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so injuries are part of the game. That's easy for us to say. We're never out there. But you know that uh, Willie and Rajay Harris, uh, just a, a great guy to talk to. So optimistic, so positive, And now... He's going to need a lot of that positivity as he recovers from an injury he suffered. But uh, first of all, how about you and your career? You know, how many injuries did you deal with, and were you ever uh, put on the shelf due to due to them? Yeah. Um, so injuries is definitely a part of the game, and it it really sucks when you have to deal with an injury. I um, I was what was it? Uh, I think it was going into my junior year that spring. Um, it was winter workouts the last winter workout the last drill <laughs> of the day with like five minutes left I remember it man I tore my Achilles tendon mm. and man that injury freaking sucked you know and and you know I was going in as a protected starter for that season and you know everything was going to be looking well and it always sucks when you have to deal with an injury man and you know mentally it messes with you you got to repair your body you know you got to keep your mind sharp so injuries are are really tough to deal with but man um i'm pretty sure he's going to bounce back like you said him being a positive kid like that that's going to help him out a lot kind of a, i mean a cliche question but you mentioned there what is tougher to get over the physical the, the physical rehab or mentally staying checked in and not giving up you know I mean, it, they're, they're both challenging because, I mean, you're dealing with rehab. It's painful. You know, you, you're trying to re-strengthen muscles. It's, it's a lot of work that goes into that. And then mentally, it's like when you get back on the field, it's like, you know, do you trust it enough to really give it everything you got? So mm-hmm. it, it's always that side of it. How much uh, during practice or games when you're injured and not able to play, are, are you specifically watching the guy that's in your spot versus watching <laughs> the rest of the game being like, Oh man, Clips out there. He's, he's yeah. doing pretty good. Or he's doing terrible. You know, no, right, right. They, they miss Willie Smith out there. How, how much of that are you specifically just watching where you should be on the field? Yeah, so you're definitely watching that. It's like, dang, that man, that guy getting good. Like he's he's getting good. I need to hear him get back. So that side of it does go on. And at the same time, you know, he he may not be able to get the the reps out there physically, but he can take the mental reps of the practice. He can. You know, study defenses. You know, look at coverages. He can he can make himself a better player, even though he's not playing right now. Always something to get better on. Absolutely. Willie Smith joining us. Uh, Holt Naylor's the American Player of the Week. Uh, Willie with his six touchdowns and C.J. Johnson caught four of those. He was playing with a heavy heart last week after losing a loved one, and he goes out there and has the performance of his career. So uh, that we talked about this with uh, with Jeremy Lewis yesterday that. You know, like us here at Pirate Radio, sometimes we have issues outside of work and we bring those in here with us and try to focus on our job. But uh, we forget these football players are humans and go through the same stuff, too. So you kind of never know what's going on behind the scenes. But uh, for him to have that performance, uh, what a tribute uh, for, for his family there. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, that's 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 definitely a, a challenge, man. Uh, same thing happened to me. Um, we had a Carolina game and I, I lost my grandmother and... 
you know, I was able to make it to that game. But it's it's always harder to play, man, when you when you're dealing with stuff like that. But it's it's good when your team is a family, man, because everybody kind of you know surrounds you, supports you, shows the love, and you know everybody's playing their hardest so that you know you can have a good game. And that's that's what show, showed up on uh, Saturday. Were man. you thinking of not playing in the game, or was were your family, or what was your teammates, what were your coaches telling you about the situation when that when that happened to you? Yeah, uh, it was it was Lincoln Riley and the guys at the time, man. Um, you know, it was like look. Man, whatever you whatever you feel like you need to do, you know, family is always first, and I'm I'm sure that you know, Coach um, Houston was probably saying the same thing to him. Like, look, man, family always comes first. But as a player, man, you know, your football team is your family as well, and and you want to make sure that you help your team win however you can. And I imagine that's what the conclusion he came to was. Look, I want us to win, you know, and everybody got behind him on that. Willie, I've talked to some guys that played for Skip and some guys that played for Rough and. It might be generalizing a little bit, but you, since you played for both, I've heard that Skip kind of ran it more like a business, whereas Ruff ran it more like a family. You were there. I mean, is that accurate at all when you hear that? Yeah, I, I would say that's a fair statement. Um, you know, Skip, it was, hey, look, this is what you're doing. Hey, and this is your job. Get it done. You know, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, obviously it worked. And uh, rough man, he was look man. You know, we family. Hey guys, let's let's have fun. Let's go out here. And you know, he was all about the players. So, you know, there was definitely a, a contrast between the two, but both have their benefits. Yeah, not saying one's right, one's wrong. You can win in both of those right. situations. Were, were there other people on the staff, like with Skip and Ruff, that were like Ruff was the family guy, Skip was the business guy. Mm-hmm. What was Lincoln, the business guy for for Ruff, and was did Skip have some guys that were being being the family guy, or, or was it did it did it top top down? Was it more all yeah. business and family, pretty pretty equal? Yeah, I'm trying to think of that saying. What is it? Birds of a feather flock together. <laughs> like, you know, whoever you are surrounding yourself with, they're gonna all pretty much think the same way, man. Right. So I think that kind of holds true with that as well. Whatever whatever the head coach thinks, it trickles down to the rest of the staff. Willie Smith joining us. Uh, we got some beer to give away. It's PBR Tailgate Tuesday. So coming up at the end of this segment, you can win a 12-pack of PBR. Paps Blue Ribbon will be giving that away. Looking forward to another football weekend. Willie coming off Monday Night Football last night. Impressive win by the 49ers. And, man, everything is so week to week. Uh, we talked about that with Holton Aylers yesterday, and, and I asked the kind of the fan question, hey, Holton, why why couldn't you do this against Navy? You know, And he said, look, it's a different different game, different opponent. Just like life, sometimes you have good days and bad days, and, right. and it shows up in football. Last week, Jimmy Garoppolo couldn't throw a forward pass. Uh, last night, he and the Niners uh, handled the Rams. So week to week, uh, you just don't know what you're going to get in the NFL. Right now, what you do know is uh, the Eagles, the only undefeated team, Willie. I yeah. think they're for real. Yeah, look, I, I got to get on the bandwagon at this point, man. Those guys are, are playing well. I mean, got a solid defense. Offense looks great. You know, my, my brother-in-law, he's, he's an Eagles fan, so I hear it every Sunday, man. So, uh, yeah, they, they, they're, they're the truth, man. Jalen Hurts looking good. Buffalo uh, coming back on Baltimore. I thought Baltimore has blown, I think, two 20-point leads now against good teams, against the yeah. Dolphins and the Bills. But the Ravens should be 4-0 and Lamar Jackson MVP talk and all that. Instead, they're 2-2 two and two right now. Yeah, no, nah, that's that's tough to see that man. Uh, I, I saw some of that that last game, and uh, he had he had some good plays out there. But I mean, there was some plays that it kind of got away from him. And I mean, at the end of the day, man, everybody got to find a way to win. LRB, uh survivor pool. We're still in it. Still surviving. Surviving in advance. Surviving. That's I, all that matters. I think we're going with the Bills this week. 
Bills Mafia. Against the Steelers, by the way. The Steelers. Oh, I wanted to mention this to, to Willie, too. Steelers are going to go with Kenny Pickett this week. So they're putting in the rookie. So what What if you are a, a veteran O-lineman on that team? You know you draft a quarterback yeah. in the first round because it means you don't have a great one on the roster already. Right. But So what's the, the mindset right now in that locker room with, hey, it's week five and we're handing over the reins to the rookie so what's that mean for you yeah so um anytime you see a, a high draft pick come in everybody kind of first off they look and say if this guy really worth that pick and so they they in practice you see like wow okay and <laughs> now i see you see some you see flashes of the greatness right and at this point i imagine he's been practicing against the starters all season and you know everybody knows he's ready um and, and the old line's probably excited, man, to, to get somebody back there that has big play potential, man. So I'm pretty sure they're, they're excited about it. The NFL is such a blend of different players from all sorts of universities. They don't really care where you play college football. Right. They don't really really care where you get drafted, I guess. I mean, the, right. they just want to win. But how much do you guys in the NFL locker room talk about players that get drafted in the first round? Or where you, I mean, when does that, does it only like that present draft class of really like, all right, here's our guys for this year that got drafted high. We, we, we expect more of them. I mean, did, did anybody ever ask how much, like, when you got drafted or when other – did you? I mean, is that a conversation in the NFL locker room? No, nah, that, that's not a conversation, man. The, really, the only time that, you know, somebody was drafted high or something like that that comes up is when they're doing the scouting report, you know, whenever you're in the meeting – they're talking about, hey, these are the guys we're blocking this week. He was the first-round pick. He was the second-round pick. He was the first round. The backup was the first round. That's the only time that comes up, really. Right. When, you, when you're looking at who the competition is, and right. you're like, man, we got the yeah. Cowboys are going to be stacked this week. They, exactly. They, they, they've liked to load it. Well, we're hoping it's uh, Kenny pick six this week when he plays the uh, Bills. Bills Mafia. Yes. If they win, Ellerby's jumping to a table. Uh, Live. <laughs> this table. This table yeah. right here. Can I squirt mustard on you? Why not? I'm all for it. I'll do whatever it takes to win. That's oh, really? All right, relax. <laughs> <laughs> Willie, good stuff, man. Uh, oh, let's man. get your take on it. LRB right, uh, Tulane now a three-point favorite, so the line has shifted to the home team. Uh, what's your uh, prediction for ECU Tulane this Saturday? Yeah, I think this is going to be a, a really physical game. I think it's going to be a hard-fault win, um, but I'm going to give it to the Pirates. Uh, 24-21. Can All we right. count on Willie Smith for four quarters this week? <laughs> I'll be there, man. For this this time next week, I don't want to be like, you know, I watched the first half, and then uh, you know, I went somewhere and I came back. So, wh- where's the game going to be aired at? Do we know? It's on yeah. ESPNU. ESPNU. It'll be on TV. Mm-hmm. I gotta find that. And yeah. Willie's already looking ahead at the temperature for next Saturday's game, Melody, because uh, it's going to be at night. It might be a little cold. So. I know. Let's, let's let him get one week at a time. Right, one week at a time, man. Willie, I know you're in search of ESPNU. If people are in search of some real estate answers, they can give you a call. How can they do that? Yeah, yeah. Just give me a call at 258-8168 or just look me up online. Um, hashtag Pirate Nation Realtor. All right. There he is. Willie Smith breaking it down with his clip rock. Enjoyed it as always, Willie. Uh, enjoyed uh, just peppering you with questions and you got all the answers so he fired it, some at us to begin i know today. i like that too let's change it up a little bring bit. us a question every week that <laughs> right. was good and then you tell us if we were right or not right uh pbr tailgate tuesdays pirate fans get stocked up for tailgating with pbr your favorite retailer look for the qr code on the pbr display and register for a chance to win a pbr cooler full of beer game day or any day pirates prefer pbr Shirley, let's give it away right now. Uh, you want to go caller eight four four 
Caller four. Four quarters, Willie. Four get them up. Quarters. Can you do this? Can you get it? CJ Johnson, yeah. four touchdowns. <laughs> uh, caller four, 317-1250 wins. A 12-pack of PBR. We're back with Mike Houston comments when we return after this. Listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by University PC Care, your local tech support experts for all your personal and business needs. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Are you in outside sales and looking for an opportunity to increase your earning potential? Copy Pro has been in Eastern North Carolina for over 45 years and continues to grow each year, and they are in need of more sales professionals with a desire to potentially make a six figure income. Do you have what it takes? Visit copypro.net today to submit your resume and to learn more. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live and as we do, congratulations to Josh Aldridge who picked up a 12-pack of PBR. Back to you, Clip. Alright, congrats Josh. wonder how his cousin LaMarcus is doing. Oh, well played, sir. Is LaMarcus Aldridge still in the NBA? I get a yes from Peter. I get a I don't know shrug from Chandler. Google Let's it up. Google it up. Lamarcus Aldridge from where'd he go to school? Now I'm getting blank stares. Come on, guys. Michigan State. Nah, let's go. I, let's go south a little bit. South a little bit. Go uh, south. Michigan. Keep heading. Keep heading south, Shirley. Get, keep heading. heading south. How yeah. far south? Uh, just, just we got to go through quite a few states to get there quite a few states yeah. uh alabama all right let's go a little west on the map a little west mississippi yeah. let's keep Ole going Miss. west keep going west freaking a oklahoma no but stay southwest we're getting texas yeah baby. Oh! hey texas long hey at least i know my states when you say south and yeah, west that was pretty impressive you you, you know how to read a map <laughs> Uh, I had to mentally do that. I was like, well, how far south are we talking here? Uh, that's a good warm-up if we play like a five-second game with Bryce Williams later today. Um, Name Brooklyn. four states <laughs> south and west how about, or like, of Michigan. Here's what I want to do. I want to do this with Bryce. I'm going to be like, all right, Bryce, you are in Nebraska. I need you to get to Georgia. What states would you drive through? Oh, he won't get that. I won't either. I won't either, but uh, it's a good question. LaMarcus Aldridge played in 47 games for the Brooklyn Nets last year, for ah. those who care. Uh, let's see. Aaron Judge update 0 for 3 today. Uh, the Yankees trail the Rangers 4 to 3. How many games are left sixth. in this regular season? Uh, well, the, tomorrow's the last day. Okay. Some, some teams have double headers, but basically two games two games for each team okay so he's got two games to break the record he's currently tied this game and tomorrow unless this is a doubleheader i'll check um and break the american league record right we should say uh let's see do they play again okay they do have a doubleheader so they have two more games after this one okay so there you go all right on the uh, buccaneer music hall scoreboard presented by dubuck dubuck uh 
I don't want to turn this into a gossip show, but uh, I'll bring it up. Ooh, with, spill the tea. I'll bring it over to Mully just to get his take on it. Uh, there is a report out there that Tom Brady and Giselle have hired divorce attorneys. So what? Yeah. Well, yeah, I was reading a report that the rumor was that they weren't even staying in the same place. Yeah, that they were staying in staying in separate uh, uh, houses or apartments or something. I don't know. Chandler, we learned last week that I'm a boomer, so I don't understand a lot of stuff I see and references and things. But so the uh, well, first of all, there's been several pictures of Antonio Brown out there, but. The one I'm referring to is where he's hugging a woman. Was that Giselle in that photo that's going around? And he posted it, right? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, oh, what a, what a knucklehead. That well, guy did you is. see the one from the pool? Yeah, surely. Okay. I saw that and I was trying to avoid that. Okay. Well, I was just asking because I, I unfortunately saw that I one too. I saw it. I saw it. I didn't want to see it. I saw I it on it. my phone and didn't know really what i was looking at and then i saw it on the computer and knew what i was looking at at that point <laughs> and it was uh it was there oh by the way did you know that espn has a new nba theme no i love sports themes well according to sb nation i'm just going to read you the headline here i'm going to click on it here in just a minute but the headline from sb nation says and i quote espn's new nba theme is ruined by triumphant farting horns okay <laughs> all right i'm looking at so okay can we hear it i can pull it up hold on just one second <laughs> i i'm interested to hearing what triumphant farting horns sound like triumphant farting horns that's exactly the, uh, what it says sounds like the song they play when that dude comes in to pitch for the mets yeah all right here let's see let me make sure the volume's up on this no that sucks sounds kind of like early 2000s rap yeah that's lame it's you know what this sounds like Honestly, this is some. This sounds like something somebody made up in their basement yeah, on a keyboard, like a beat, and you throw it up on YouTube or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what it sounds like. That's terrible. That's all. That's the best ESPN could come up with. Find I could a, come up with a better beat than that, and I don't have that kind of training. Hit NBA on NBC. We got it, Shirley. Somewhere it might be in yeah, the, uh, uh, the sports bar folder still up. It might be in that, but. And, by the way, Fox is now using this uh, theme for their college basketball. But nothing will ever beat Round Ball Rock by John, John Tesh. Tesh. Come on! Um, so see if you can pull that up. Me, yeah, I'm, now I'm getting ready I, I to find it. That. Um, the TNT NBA song. Is that a good theme? Chandler's smiling, yeah. Pete, all right, you're in on that. It's pretty good. It, it, there it, it is. Hold on. It makes me think of inside the NBA and Chuck and smiles and good times. So, yeah, nothing will ever be this. Nothing. God. God, that sounds so good. Jordan and the Bulls about to play. Welcome to Madison Square Garden. Yeah, MSG to face off against John Starks and Anthony Mason. Welcome to the Garden. And the Knicks. The Celtics. With uh, Marv Albert on the call. Yes! Yes! 
Remember and when then Mark you have, Albert uh, bid that lady? Yeah, I remember that too. And there was like lingerie involved? Yeah. Was okay. he wearing the lingerie? He was wearing the lingerie. Marv Albert wearing the lingerie. Yes! <laughs> then there's NBA on CBS. Oh, this is before my time. Yeah. So this is like uh, 70s? Yeah, this is older. Yeah, this is much older. But you can't get any better than the NBA on NBC. Hit it one more time. I love the beginning. It just fires you up. Now, if you want triumphant horns, that's triumphant horns. There's a great video on YouTube where John Tesh plays this live. I don't know if if y'all have not seen it. It's one of the best all-time YouTubes because he is in this, like, it looks like he's going to the prom. He's in, like, this tuxedo. And, I mean, he's going hardcore. Like, he is banging (laughs) his head when he's doing it. hitting the keyboard. He starts it off with a, um, like, a basketball dribble sound effect. Yes, And he's out there miming a basketball dribble. And I wish we could just play that on the show now. Can we like? All right, hold on, hold on. I'm gonna pull it up. Well, I, it's it, it'll well, lose it, an effect, but we can still hear it. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Uh, John yeah, y'all Tesh. gotta go see that. Just Google our YouTube uh, John Tesh Round Ball Rock, and that live edition he has is uh, is freaking awesome. He, when he gets to oh yeah, this is it right here. Do you he, want the big band version or the? He was wearing like a glittery vest, wasn't That's he? That's the one I want to see. The, okay, the, the back, glittery, glittery vest. vest. Okay. Here we go. Hold on. Let me make sure it doesn't play a commercial ahead of time. I'm sure it will. Oh, of course it because will. Because this video has been viewed 8.9 million times. Actually, 2.1 million. That was close enough. I've watched it at least 500,000 times. Discovered is that there are many yeah, different fast forward through the talking part. Okay, hold on. Get to the dribbling part. happened was that theme that I, the original answering machine t- All right, demo tape for this particular... Look at that at the... All right, hang on. I'm getting to it. Uh, I'm waiting for it. Uh, the dribbling. Oh, go oh, back. I want to hear the dribbling. Oh, yeah. There he goes. And then he just then he runs to the piano. Rip it up, Johnny. Yeah, look at him. Look at him. He's got the hair going. I mean, he acts like he's playing Metallica. And then you got the whole symphony oh, orchestra I behind him. I love that lady, the violin oh, lady. Man. And you got the drummer. In a way, I'm glad it's still used. But it's kind of sad when this is the song that intros a uh, Wisconsin Rutgers Big Ten game, you know? Kind of takes the edge off. Oh, oh that is Tesh. such a classic vest, too. That is such a John Tesh vest. John Tesh, probably the only NC State grad that I like. You know, I used to have a couple of his albums. <laughs> Believe it or not. <laughs> I, I wouldn't did. admit that, Shirley. Actually, he did. Uh, <laughs> does he it, sing or does he just like do uh, stuff most like of it? Most of it is just instrumental. instrumental. But um, when I was in college, I, I uh, listened to a lot of, believe it or not, that's how I, it helps me focus. And so when I was studying for exams, I would listen to instrumental music. And one of them was, uh, I want to say it was an al- a live album from like the Red Rocks. Well, is that what that is? No, 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 no. Uh, this is something completely different because they're in a building. Oh, um, uh, gotcha. But Red Rocks is like an outdoor venue. Oh, my God. How many albums does this guy have? I told you I, he, he was pretty popular for a while there. 
John freaking Tesh, man. Oh, my goodness. He's got... He puts out an album every year. Well, yeah. He's got holiday albums. You he's know got what? your regular albums. Shirley's favorite albums came in 1994 and 1995. How about this back-to-back release in two years? 1994, Sacks by the Fire. <laughs> Nin- 1995, Sacks on the Beach. <laughs> he really stays in theme there. Uh, he does have... John Tesh, a little risque. Uh, he does uh, have a dad sense of humor. And then later in life, uh, as we do, we mature. 2002, God of Wonders. 2002, Worship God. 2003, A Deeper Faith. So it really shows the growth. Well, I mean, he covers the gamut. As a man and a musician. Yes. I mean, he goes from one end of the spectrum to the other. <laughs> he has got like 40 albums. You didn't know that? Hell no. <laughs> He was inducted into in the North Carolina Music Hall of Fame in 2018. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about a Hall of Famer here, John Tesh. All there right. you go. And that was the Flight by Yingling ECU practice report. We'll take a break. All right, back. then. And we'll actually hear from Mike Houston when we return on the Flight oh, by Yingling Oh, there Yingling it is. ECU right there. Practice. There's John Tesh live at Red Rocks. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it, it, Shelly's it, pumped the original, The original one... That, that video ended and it actually transitioned to that video. Can we please play sax on the beach? Is our bumper? Yeah, Charlie, get us a little sax on the beach. I uh, think I can, I can arrange that. Yeah. All right, great. Uh, we'll take a break. Wait, should we do sax by the fire or sax at the beach? <laughs> I, you know, it's kind of chilly. I wouldn't mind uh, a little fire. Sax, a little sax, sax by, by the, the fire? fire. Okay, yeah. we'll do sax by the fire. Steve, sax by the fire. <laughs> take a time out. Come back. More to go on Pirate Radio Live after this. listening to hour one of pirate radio live this hour is brought to you by university pc care your local tech support experts for all your personal and business needs visit universitypccare.com to learn more today now back to the show welcome back for the latest breaking news interesting stories and awesome contests that can make you a winner be sure to follow pirate radio on our social media on facebook twitter and instagram at pr 927 fm Join the close to 59,000 people and followers today. Now let's head back in to PRL. A little sax by the fire. You know the name of this song? It's actually a cover. All right, so the the album is Sax by the Fire. Correct. So this song These is are a covers. different title. These are covers of actual pop hits. I'm not picking it up. End of the Innocence. Hmm. This is the end. Who's saying that? Don Henley. Okay. Hello, lovers. Welcome back to the show. <laughs> this is John. John Sacks Tesh. by the fire. John On a Tesh. John Tesh Tuesday. It's <laughs> Tesh Tuesday here on Pirate Radio Live. Man, I hope we could squeak this one through YouTube. Yeah. I don't want to get in trouble. If, you know what? If John Tesh shuts it all down, it's worth it, I say. That's what I say. Yeah, they, they did, uh, you know, there's quite a few of them. Desperado, 
Uh, let's see. Wind beneath my wings. Well, how about just hold on? Let's. Uh, oh, okay. You want me we, to just when we come back for the next segment, we're going to have Mike Mullis on. So I want to have one of those playing while he's on. So okay, I'll give you a list. I'll I'll give you a list of which ones, you, and you just tell me which one you want. Okay. During but the break or right now? No, no, no. During the break. Oh, okay. Ten four. Um, let's hear a couple of Mike Houston cuts. Sure. Just so we can say we uh, actually talked ECU football here the last half of this hour. Uh, great first half hour with Willie Smith. If you want to go back and uh, check that out, it is available for you. How about the flight by Yingling? Practice report. The next generation of live beer. Don't just raise a glass. Raise the bar. Flight by Yingling. Available wherever beer is sold. Mike Houston spoke today coming off the win over South Florida and looking ahead to Tulane. How's everybody doing? Um, obviously, uh, solid weekend down in Florida. Um, just, uh, you know, with, with everything. I think first off, just uh, what an incredible job by Jake Kirkendall, uh, Ryan McManus, and our operations staff in uh, quickly putting together a, a trip at a, a location we had not planned on. Uh, you know, to be able to coordinate everything and allow things to go smoothly. Uh, and Allegiant did a great job with our flight and keeping everybody safe. Um, and what turned out to be a, uh, a great day for the Pirates. Um, you know, a big road win, a conference opponent, um, a very talented conference opponent, and uh, you know, a very explosive first half for our offense. So it was great to see see uh, you know that all come together. Um, but just really pleased with the performance on the day. Um, so, you know, good to get that first conference win, um, first road win. Um, but, uh, you know, not much time to celebrate that with uh, what we have coming up this Saturday night. And, uh, you, know, we, you know, you look at the schedules in the offseason, and I knew this was going to be a tough game going to New Orleans. Um, I felt pretty strongly that uh, Coach Fritz would, uh, you know, have a pretty good bounce back year this year. And obviously he's off to uh, an extremely strong start. I know he – he uh, is kicking himself because he uh, probably thinks he should be 5-0, and and I, I would probably agree with him. I mean, they did some uncharacteristic things in the Southern Miss game, uh, but uh, a very, very strong football team, uh, very solid in all three phases. Uh, you know, if you if you needed more evidence, you know, playing without your starting quarterback last uh, Saturday or last Friday night uh, in Houston uh, and knocking off the Cougars, uh, that's, you know, that's an impressive win. So... Uh, you know, I was very impressed with them. Uh, like I said, all three phases. Defensively, you know, I think they're in the top ten in the country in multiple categories. Uh, you know, top five and several. So, uh, you know, one of the stronger defensive units in the country. Uh, maybe one of the better, if not the best, defensive unit in our conference. So, uh, you know, we'll be challenged Saturday night. Uh, we do expect Pratt to play. Uh, just everything that uh, we've kind of gathered. So, uh, you know, we're preparing for that. Um, but I, I was very impressed with the, the young quarterback last uh, last Friday night. So I thought he handled everything very, very well uh, and obviously uh, played real well in the second half and in overtime to get the win. So a uh, tough test for us. Uh, you know, we've got to continue to improve and continue to build upon our performance last uh, Saturday uh, and uh, you know, try to put together our best game of the year this Saturday, this Saturday afternoon in New Orleans. All righty, Mike Houston there, his opening comments today at the presser. Let's hear one more before we take a break and head into hour number two. Uh, Mike Houston was asked, and he spoke about Rajay Harris uh, in a couple of clips here, but later on in the press conference was asked, uh, is Rajay indeed going to miss the rest of the season? And also, 
uh, an update on Keaton Mitchell. Cut nine. No, Rajay is done for this year. Um, yeah, Keaton, um, we were optimistic last week that he would be ready to go on Saturday, um, but just did not feel real comfortable after pregame warm-ups. And given uh, how confident we were in Marlin, uh, we thought it was best uh, to go with Rajay and uh, Marlin last week. Uh, so, you know, we fully anticipate to have Keaton back full, full go this week. All right, so there's an update on the backs. Mike Houston there will have more from Coach Houston later on in today's show. Sandy or, Smith's daughter. Uh, yeah, I heard all about Sandy Smith's daughter, and I want to talk a lot about it at some point. Uh, flight by Yingling, practice report. <laughs> the next generation of light beer. Don't just raise the glass, raise the bar. Flight by Yingling available wherever beer is sold. <laughs> Let's take a break. We'll come back. By the way, I'm going to honor Josh's request. Oh, this is it. This is, Josh wanted this played for Mully. So maybe coming back in, we could hit it again. A little Sacks by the Fire, John Tesh. Desperado. <laughs> I'm sorry. I did not realize that that's what you wanted. Mm. I mean, it's so good. We might as well hit it coming back in. Sure. So we'll do that. And have Mully when we return hour two of Pirate Radio Live on a Tish Tuesday. Back after this. Listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by First Bank. Together with our customers, we're creating a world where individuals and communities thrive. Visit the First Bank location on Arlington Boulevard in Greenville for all your personal and business banking needs. Now back to the show. Welcome back from sales to service. Greenville Auto World has all of your vehicle needs covered. Shop all of their inventory now at GreenvilleAutoWorld.net. If you're also looking for someone to service your vehicle. They have a full service and repair facility. They do brakes, oil changes, tires, inspections, and they can repair any kind of vehicle. Greenville Auto World, across from Speedway at Bell's Fork and online at GreenvilleAutoWorld.net. Thanks to Tim Sutton and Jim Rogers for their sponsorship of the program. Now let's head back to PRL. Here's Clip. All right, back with you here. It is October, but in a way, it's always September. Of course. This is uh, Tesh Tuesday, John Tesh with his rendition of September on the album, of course, Sax by the Fire. Actually, this is Sax on the Beach. <laughs> Excuse me. We are now on the beach. <laughs> we moved from the fire to the beach. I did not know we had moved to the beach, and uh, it got the reaction we were looking for from Mike Mullis, who yes. gave us an interesting face when he heard that first Sax I, I would equate hit. it to the, are you serious? Yeah. Are you really playing this right now? Hey, Molly. Is this happening right now? He's ruling more songs than anybody in the history. <laughs> oh, come on. That is... How about his NBA theme? You cannot deny that is an, a classic. One of the best sports themes. I, well, I don't watch the NBA. No, maybe that's why I don't watch the NBA. Maybe it's just the theme music. Just. Did you watch it in the 90s? <clears throat> yes. Of course you did. Yeah. Hit the music, Shirley. Hit NBA. Let's, let's, I'll take your word for it. It was great. <laughs> But John Tesh is like the he is 
zero, I mean, zero original ideas. At least Kenny G, like, wrote some stuff. Mm. Okay, now we're getting to it. So, Kenny G, man, he could really. Uh, he could he could blow the he horn. He could blow on that thing. Yeah, he could. Uh, you know what? It, it, Holiday-wise, it's okay. You know, you got a holiday party, Christmas party. You got a little music playing in the right, background. Right, right. I'm good with that. But if somebody just sits around and listens to that, that's amazing to me. Well, you know, I, everybody teach their own, I say. I guess. Is that what you say? Molly, uh, this is a difficult question to answer. Do you have a favorite song? Like an all-time favorite song. Gosh. Yeah, I, you know, I have lots. I, I, we, I mean, we're a music family, so we I mean, kind of bounce around. It would, uh, yeah, no, I mean, it, and it's, there's a lot of diversity there. So we saw I, your boys at Tiebreakers the other day. What are they listening to these days? All kinds of stuff. They, I mean, they're same thing. They don't, I mean, they're not, uh, of course, they've got the, you know, the whatever the current stuff is, which I'm totally, I, I, all of it sounds exactly the same to me, which maybe I'm just of that age. Yeah. But we're, um, you know, we, we we try to limit the um, the profanity as much as possible, but that's kind of tough. And, you know, modern music, I mean, I, you know, you, it, it's, it is what it is. Kids these days. Man, Kids these I days. tell you. All right, Molly, uh, you've been watching a little pirate baseball. I yeah. say a little. Uh, some scrimmage well, yeah, action. Yeah. And, uh, Saturday and Sunday. Getting some work in. When is uh when's the Purple Gold World Series? I don't know. I don't know if they've announced a date for it yet or not. I'm sure they'll post something, but uh, I know they've got a couple scrimmages coming up. I guess Clemson, maybe I think going to Clemson, and then maybe UVA coming here like the, the weekend of the 29th or something like that. But again, don't hold me to those dates. I just kind of you know I know they that that's kind of in the books. Can you give something for Pirate fans to get a little excited about? You told us the other day Hoover hit a home run. You saw a little more since then. Any individuals? No, I mean, you know, they're, they're, it's early, and there are a lot of new faces. Uh, some of the guys that are returning uh, have have definitely changed their bodies. You can tell they're getting, you know, getting older, getting stronger. Uh, so I mean, I, you know, it's it's again, I, guys are playing different places because there's scrimmage format. So you may have a, a guy playing, you know, third base that's going to play more left field. I mean, you know, whatever. So, uh, but uh, I mean, I, they're definitely. I mean, I expect more East Carolina baseball. I will say um the uh the catching looks like it's going to be a very competitive position um i i don't know i mean again this is the time of the year where it's kind of hard to to really draw a gauge because you don't want to you don't want your your pitching to look outmatched and you don't want your you know your hitters to look overmatched so uh but yeah i, I would expect uh, that 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 the tradition will continue i can tell you practice is so much fun to watch uh and, and kind of being a, a a bit you know baseball geek or even a practice organization geek uh but cliff gets so much and the whole staff gets so much out of practice and there's constant instruction and i mean it's it's it, it to me is a is a lot of fun and well i don't know if i should say it now but not like no coaching staff changes every continuity sticking yeah. right now it, it is funny you say that i was actually out there when i was out there i was looking around i'm going you know blake hardigree's been with the program for a long time and now austin knight's kind of settled in obviously palumbo the, the cliff has done a great job of maintaining uh, a consistent feel around them and even to the point where the you know the managers are like looking familiar because they've you know been involved with the program for several years so uh but it is it's uh, i mean it's and consistency is 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 a big deal successful teams uh lose their coaches all the time and we've seen that from pitching coaches here but great to see palumbo still here and as you said austin knight settling in so yep. uh and and we've seen changes like you know leading up to the start of a season so can't write it off yet no who as knows of right now yeah so. who knows i mean you get into 
you get into the Christmas break and things start happening and you get through, um, you know, there's going to be leadership changes at the highest level in Major League Baseball and that trickle down, trickle down. And, you know, that sometimes I think that's what happened with the guy that was here for like two weeks and ended up going to the Padres or whoever it was. So you, you never know, but that's that's the kind of guys that you want to uh that you want to have on staff that are desired by other places and same thing with your players and uh you know so it's um no i, I mean I, again i would see no reason to uh to, to, to certainly fly any caution flags i i i mean they're a lot of fun to watch there's definitely some athleticism they're very spirited uh and 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 get after it Molly, while we're on the topic of baseball, uh, how about the Braves beating DeGrom, Scherzer, Chris Bassett over the weekend? I would have never bet it. Yeah. Never, never would have bet it. And I, I mean, I, is the bigger story there the Braves playing that well, or are we just seeing another epic Mets collapse? I mean, it's a good thing they don't have more games left in the season. Because, I mean, they. they, they I'm are, not saying this to tout my team, but the. No, they play the, good. The way the. I mean, the Braves. The Mets have 98 wins. Like. Yeah, they got swept by the Cubs, I guess, and to lose to the Braves like that. But, like, Atlanta's been on a amazing pace sure. here. And so. we've seen this before. I mean, we saw it last year with the Braves, you know. So, um, again, that that's the beauty of baseball, the 162 games, and guys get hot at the right – teams get hot at the right time, and, and other teams fall off at the wrong time. Uh, of course, I don't know that it's all kind of for not. I, I, the, the, the Dodgers are just so good. I, I know. I feel the I, same I mean, way the Dodgers, this year as I did a year yeah, ago. But you saw what happened. And, you got to go play the games. Yeah. But again, who thinks that the Braves roll out and beat that pitching staff the way they did? And they didn't just beat them. I mean, they beat them fairly handily. Yeah. Uh, Mully, what do you look? You're a Francona guy, right? You like? Uh, yeah. You like Francona? You follow? I mean, the Guardians won 90 games this year, who, I, and nobody knows. Yeah. Who Who would have thought? I know Jose Ramirez, and that's about it. Well, for, no, that's exactly right. I mean, it. And then you go. You have to think twice, even saying the Guardians. I know, yeah, you know, but uh, yeah, good for them. I mean, and he's been obviously he can manage ball. I mean, he you know he's won everywhere he's ever been. So I mean, you know, good on him. AL playoffs. AL's pretty stacked uh, with the Bombers, with the Astros. Uh, Blue Jays home playoff games are a zoo. So I'm looking forward to that. Great atmosphere there. Uh, and uh, Igo's Mariners making it is exciting. You know they got what? A fun I think, team. What twenty five years or whatever, twenty three yeah. years since they've been in. Yeah, good for them. And uh, you're right. The Blue Jays are very interesting. That is a that that is that's one of those deals where you kind of sit back and you know let those teams beat up on them on, on themselves uh, to get out of that side because it's it it is tough. And again, you, you would say, well, not to take anything away from the NL, but the NL does have a clear front runner, uh, and then it's everybody else. Talking to Mike Mullis here inside the Pirate Radio Studios. Mully, uh, great bounce-back performance by the Pirates on Saturday, I'd say. Holt Nailers, uh, AAC Player of the Week, C.J. Johnson, four touchdowns, Winstead, uh, Ryan Jones, everybody eating pretty much. So how about that offensive performance coming off the lackluster performance against Navy? And, you know, we've said this before, talking about other teams. Bipolar, I mean, I don't know. How do you – great coaching that week. I mean, all of a sudden – you know, Donnie Kirkpatrick, who they're calling for his head one week, and he looks like the greatest play caller in the history of the game the next week. Uh, it, it, again, it's college sports, man. It's, you know, it, and, and I say it, it really doesn't matter the level of, of college athletics. You look across it this past weekend, there were some games that were like, whoa, wait a minute, that, you know, there were some potential upsets at teams, but, you know, Georgia pulls it out late. Missouri, and, Georgia in particular. Yeah. Was, I couldn't figure that out watching the game. Well, and, you in know, fact, I think credit to Mully, uh doing a little tweeting on a Saturday night. Yep. 
uh i did not realize that was i was watching clemson state and following uh i think the braves were playing so yeah braves and you tweeted out george on the ropes i was like what and they were down 10 points at the time so thank you for notifying well and you know you look at i mean at all levels of athletics last night dh Conley, you know they i mean that's a heartbreaker up 21 20 yeah 21 20 21 whatever it was to to come back and find a way to lose that game and a big one obviously this weekend in 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 high school football with uh, Conley traveling two rows uh but yeah i mean it's that's that man that's part of the the reality tv side of sports is that you just never quite know uh is this thing over or you know or what but yeah as it relates back to the pirates i mean i i would have obviously a score a little quicker in the second half and maybe holding them from one maybe gets rajay out of the game later maybe he's over there you know with no shoulder pads on just kind of you know kind of watching the game uh and and maybe we still have him but again if you know ifs and buts uh, there was obviously no getting him out of the game at that point. The bright point, uh, bright side gun was was really really good. Yeah. And, um, uh, obviously the receiving core and Holt had you know they had they had a they had a little league day out there. You know it's kind of snapping it around and making catches and scoring touchdowns by you know boatloads. So uh, yeah, it was fun to watch. Pirates uh, taking on Tulane this weekend, three thirty pregame coverage beginning at eleven thirty here on Pirate Radio. So you've got that. Uh, Josh in Facebook live chat says that Virginia will be here on the 29th, I guess, for baseball. Yes, yeah, that's right. Uh, and if anybody can find any super secret uh, basketball scrimmages, let me know. I know those happen this time of year. For some reason, they can't be talked about or publicized, but they do happen. So got uh, everything kind of intertwining here, Molly. Yeah. Good well, times. It's saying that that's, you know, every year this time of the year, we get that well, except, with the exception of the COVID era. But uh, this time of the year is is always um, you know a mashup of sports. Not to be uh, TMZ here, Molly, but I did see a report that Tom Brady and his wife were uh, I saw hiring divorce attorneys. Wow! So. She must have been serious about this. Like, <laughs> hey, you know, you go back to work if you want to, and he's probably like, yeah, okay, you know, whatever. You know, I, guys, I'll have one more. She she'll be okay. Thirty minutes. I'll have one more. And she said, okay, I'm going to miss her. Yeah, when I, I get I, home. Wonder what that settlement looks like with if, mm. with her being the quote unquote breadwinner. How many rings? Oh wait, he's getting paid by her. I mean, out of this? I, I've I've always I've never done the research, but I've always heard that she makes more, has a greater net worth. So I would guess they maybe throw it all in a pot and just draw a line. Down. I mean, I don't know. That'll be interesting. I can tell you who will get rich out of this will be the attorneys. Yeah, yeah, they're going to do quite well. I guarantee. Uh, your quarterback continues to be a oh, an man. interesting enigma. Aaron Rodgers, as they what they do, fart around on Sunday and just I decide mean, to sneak out a win. Yeah, against Bailey Zappi. Where Bailey Zappi go? To Western shoot? Kentucky. <laughs> Very good, Molly. Western Kentucky. Yep, that's he was good. a topper. Uh, <laughs> yeah, topper. Yeah, Five hundred yards a game in uh, college football or something. Yeah. Man, you're a good listener, I gotta yeah. say. Uh, but yeah, Packers get a win. And and I, I watch all these shows and people say, and we do it every week, rank the teams, who's the best. And I still keep hearing the Packer, and maybe it says more about the NFC, but like packers and eagles and then everybody else in the nfc i don't see the packers up there maybe i'm wrong i don't i don't love them either i mean i, I but then again you got to put somebody up there well i think you just give it to the eagles right now yeah i mean they're, they're they are head and shoulders and look man i jalen hurts has always been a guy that i've really liked uh from a character standpoint mm-hmm. and ability uh, but man, I I think he is earning everything that's coming his way, and he is just—I mean, he he he's playing at a high level right now. You know, and the flip side is you watch the Bills, uh, and you, 
two and a half quarters into that, you're like, man, what's wrong with Josh Allen? And then for a quarter and a half, you're like, well, no, the answer to that will be nothing. He is he's exceptional. I still think Baltimore could be potentially a Super Bowl contender. Sure. They have blown two 20 point leads this year. Yep, could be four and up. Some would be some some. Jimmy some, Garoppolo couldn't complete a pass last week, and now the Niners are handling the Rams. Parts of me wonder. <laughs> uh, are these early games are we seeing like because a lot of these guys you know didn't play in the preseason whatever are we seeing that and it's kind of unfortunate kind of like we talked about with the Miami and Buffalo game being played when it was in Miami at you know noon start time or one o'clock start time it, it, it's like a, are we has the NFL maybe played too many good games on scheduling anyway played them too early I mean some of them we'll get to see again yeah division but, games yeah but it, but it's like man are we uh you know, there's some games that should be, at least on paper, should be, you know, well, instant classics yeah. that, that, that haven't been. Well, the Chiefs rose to the occasion the other night against the they Bucks. Did. They look Super Bowl ready. I, yeah. And who would have said that week one? I mean, they, you know, they, they, but Patrick Mahomes is like for real. I mean, he, he's, I mean, that's We used a, to have this thing. It was kind of tongue in cheek uh, on your show <laughs> where we talk about Andrew Luck. Yeah, and I would argue elite. You yeah, would say not, not elite. elite, not elite. Patrick Mahomes, elite, elite. Yeah, that, that's the thing is the it, the NFL right now from a quarterbacking standpoint, it is in my mind has never been more the haves and the have nots. I agree. Yeah, I totally. And the, agree. the haves only represent about five or six places that have haves, like legit haves, and the and then there's a little bit of a middle ground, but then the bottom fifteen are garbage. It is, man. You're, you're right, and even. And let me tell you who loves that more than anybody right now. Two guys, Zappy and Cooper Rush. That 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 the the fact that they're doing what they're doing, regardless of why they're doing it, makes them financially very interested in what's going on everywhere else. And one of Mully's all time great takes that he said uh, before anything ever happened, he said Gardner Minshew is on that. Fitz Magic McCown I think so. path of just being a. I think he plays forever. He's going to be in the league forever. What's he already five years in? They're going to keep him around. He's going to get some snaps here and there, sign contracts. I'm surprised somebody hasn't given him a chance to be a starter. Yeah. I, again, he's he's Fitzpatrick to me. Well, I think Philly brought him in because they were still kind of. Yeah, Hurts has been okay, but he hadn't been. And now Jalen Hurts is the man. That's right. And he's not going to see the field, Minshew, unless there is an injury. Well, and they may say, we're willing to pay you as a middle-tier starter to be the backup to Jalen Hurts because they do have a good thing going. You know what I mean? In other words, a guy like Jalen Hurts could go down at any time, miss two or three games. Obviously, it's a very di- that's the one thing. It's a very different style of quarterbacking between Jalen Hurts and Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew is going to want to you know throw it around a little more. But at least it's not a huge drop-off from the standpoint of the ability to win the game. Mully joining us. Man, uh, my quarterback has entered the uh, the bottom tier of the league, and we were talking about this with Chandler, too. So bad. Baker has never looked worse. So bad. I mean, Wentz is Wentz. He always But Wentz, Wentz. I mean, it, when, 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 the, when Washington got him, I'm like, okay, all right, maybe there's a little – because he – we. You know, he his his path is almost Cam Newton like, where comes out of the gate and you're like, okay, this guy's going to be like a franchise guy, going to the gets banged up, whatever, and it's just never been the same. Mm. Uh, but on Baker, like, what is? I, He's terrible. I know, but 
what's wrong? He hasn't always been terrible. He put on that Panthers gear and it just it's like kryptonite. <laughs> Chandler. <laughs> Biggest thing that I see with Baker Mayfield is footwork. And I, there's and there's a lot of problems with Baker Mayfield. Well, but your feet have the, to move a lot when you got them big dudes running at you because the guys in front of them cannot they can't and that stop is true. a runny nose. And, and, and that is true, but in the same at the same time when he does have time He's, I mean, he's making mistakes that nobody like him should make. I mean, throwing over a stationary receiver that's standing right here wide open, he should not have to jump at all for a football. We saw several missed throws with a clean pocket yes. on Sunday. I was yes. watching with you, and it was, uh, it's man, scratching your head. Well, and and quite frankly, he, the offensive options in Carolina are fairly slim. Well, I mean, people didn't give Cam Newton the benefit of the doubt on that for a hundred years. But well, when Cam Newton when Cam Newton had some success, though, he did at least have Steve Smith. Who did he and, have in 2015 when he won MVP? And, and it wasn't Kelvin Benjamin because he tore his ACL well, in preseason. Well, he, had a, he always had a tight end. Who, who was the tight end that year? Greg Olson. Olson. Okay, I'll give you that one. There's yeah. one. When he had Steve Smith. He had some guy named Philly Brown. But he also had himself. There's a big difference in Baker Mayfield and Cam Newton. I he think had a very got, old Jericho Cotry that year. I, got, I mean, DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson and Christian McCaffrey should be enough to generate. They get open. Points. First off, Christian McCaffrey's he he is lacking the bit the the greatest ability, and that is availability. He, not this year. He's not playing this week. Okay, well, let's talk about the first four weeks. Well, I, he was banged up last week. Well, that's news to me. He's not playing this week? That's what I heard earlier. He was questionable with a quad. Hey, I, now, he has been on the injury quad. report every single week. Every week. He, every I mean, he, even week. though he's playing, he's not. He's nowhere near 85%. The dude is just, he's a paper tiger. I mean, he just, there's just not a whole lot to it. He's a great, he was a great player for two or three years. He's the typical running back that you get you get really excited about and then they get hurt or banged up or get, or get paid Ezekiel Elliott and disappear. We have to like compartmentalize as as fans as football viewers cuz these guys are like human but you're like hey run this guy into the ground for 3 years and then we'll find another running back. Well, and I like think, it's barbaric well, to say but that's well, I think reality. that's kind of what the NFL's done, right? Definitely. That's kind of, and and the thing is what they're telling you is say hey, we're going to pay you very handsomely. Even the yeah. lowest paid guy in your organization is going to make a lot more than the average working stiff yeah. out there. Uh, we're, basically, we're paying you five to one for what the average dude can make if you're on the league minimum at what five fifty, because we're going to abuse you, and we know that you need to make your money in about a three to <laughs> seven year window. That's a short window, yeah. right? And so it's like I mean, it, it's a deal with the devil. Uh, Matt says Baker will lead us to that number one pick. So maybe he is. He's leading us to something. Leading this franchise to somewhere. I think Washington's got something to say about that. Houston Texans uh, will have and, something to say about that. And here's the thing. And I've seen this. I've seen people say it on Twitter and other platforms. And I can't believe that I'm actually agreeing with them. But through the first four games of the season compared to last year, Sam Darnold is by far, <laughs> by far, the better quarterback. He is by far the better quarterback. If you look at it side by side, is it Baker? Is it Sam Darnold? If you're blind to this, you'd say, it's got to be Baker. You're dead wrong. Yep. It is Sam Darnold who is by far the better quarterback th for, through the first four games of being a Patriots. Please Patriot. remind me of this, what I'm about to say next offseason. Because I have been – way off on these Panthers quarterbacks when Darnold came over I was like 
I try. Hey, look, I'm positive. Clip. I'm optimistic. Oh, you sure are. You know me. I said, look, change of scenery. Maybe this can work. Maybe this could work, Darnold. It didn't work. Last off season, I remember talking to this guy on the phone, gentleman. Sorry, and uh, I said, well, Mully Baker's better than Darnold, and he and Mully goes, is he? I was like, yes, Mully. Correction. Yeah, (laughs) I might have been wrong. To me, it was a (laughs) lateral move at best. But it, but at least. Again, it's a very Panther-like thing to do. Look what we did to get better. We went and don't worry about this guy being exactly like this guy. <laughs> but look, we brought in a name that people are talking about. So Darnold was what the third pick or what pick was he in the draft? He was third. Yeah, he was third. Look, we got the first pick this year. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah. Look, he, you know. Now, here's the argument that people are making on Twitter, and I don't know how to feel about this. And I and I and I'm having a hard time deciding on if I agree with it or not. But this is the argument that people are making. This is a lot of people that run podcasts, that run fan accounts, that are some people that are in in the media. This is a big of, build. This better be a hell of a in, in, in Charlotte sports media. But it's you know, I feel like I just is, asked my wife this, what she wants for dinner. It, is is this Baker's fault? Could we have gotten him earlier? Could he? Could we have gone oh, away? Off season game. Yes. Yeah. Could we have got him yeah. earlier? Could have, could we have gone without this silly? Uh, a lot of people are saying you know, unnecessary quarterback competition between him and Sam Darnold. In the preseason. Uh, yeah. Give him more time to learn the playbook. So th- there is an argument Look, there that a lot of people can take into consideration. Th- none of this is going to change for the poor lowly Panthers until they do something at the head coach spot. Yeah. And I agree with and you I, wholeheartedly. I mean, that's the you know that's the deal. I, and Matt Rule's going to go to one of these college openings sure. and win games, probably. and, and going to be very handsomely paid. Yeah. He's probably already has a clue as to where he's going to go. So I mean, I, look, man, I it's the, it, it's unfortunate, but again, Charlotte's professional sports history is tough on a fan base. I don't care which team you're talking about; it's just Charlotte sports. For whatever reason, maybe it's being in the other small than your market. high school basketball team, Molly. Yeah, and that's that, and that too is a distant memory. <laughs> but I mean, if when you're talking about the, the the pro, it's bad. I mean, it's bad. Yeah. Uh all right, Molly. Good stuff. We're up against it. Anything we didn't get to, you want to talk about? Today? Yeah. Congratulations to uh, Coach Williams, Coach Cato, and the men's uh, East Carolina golf team for the tournament victory out at ironwood uh, deal they hosted so one by one stroke uh looks like they had to fight hard in the third round to get back on top but good for them and congratulations to them and the guys all right sounds good molly uh appreciate it man enjoyed the chat as always sure and we'll uh we'll talk to you again soon okay Let's take a break come back when we return we'll uh we'll talk more baseball mark brown camden chat.com we'll talk a little connor norby what <laughs> this is great what is Norby's future in that O's organization? Uh, also, get a little playoff preview as well. Mark Brown joins us when we return after you hear John Tesh on a Tesh Tuesday.
You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by First Bank. Together with our customers, we're creating a world where individuals and communities thrive. Visit the First Bank location on Arlington Boulevard in Greenville for all your personal and business banking needs. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business organization or event? Keep it local and print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today. Sorry, I yawned. Contact them today at University Sportswear, ENC.com, the official sportswear provider of Pirate Radio. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's Cliff. All that uh, John Tesh sax has got you <laughs> sure a little sleepy. Just a tad sleepy. I needed some Lordy. sax by the fire, apparently. <laughs> Welcome back to Pirate Radio Live here on a Tuesday. We interrupt this football season uh, and football for Aaron chat. Judge at, for Aaron Judge at bat. Well, well, that's kind of funny. We'll talk about Aaron Judge and his at-bats being on television and more with Mark Brown from CamdenChat.com. MLB playoffs beginning on Friday, a couple of days left in the regular season. And uh, a lot of O's-related uh, topics to talk about as well. Mark, welcome back to the program. How are you doing today? Cliff, I'm doing pretty good. You know, the fact that the Orioles have uh, improved on their record from last year by 30 wins it feels pretty good. Uh, it is disappointing that they weren't able to hang into the postseason race all the way to the end. But, um, you know, this, this is way better than anyone expected in April, and I'm definitely trying to keep that perspective. Yeah, and I uh, saw a sign of uh, maybe what's to come with all the young players coming up uh, in the O's organization, and we got to see Adley Rushman and, and Gunnar Henderson and some younger O's come up through the minors. And, and let's kind of start there, and let's start with the former Pirate, Connor Norby, uh, Mark, who had the most home runs in the organization this year and kept kind of getting his way closer and closer to making it to the show, finished strong in AAA, and uh maybe we see him what mark at 2023 2024 you know what's uh what's the outlook right now on the former pirate connor norby in that o's organization well i mean the fact that he made it to triple a norfolk by the end of this year suggests to me that uh if he continues on that trajectory we could definitely see him maybe in the middle of next season if he's really continues to do well um starting next year at norfolk um i i feel like it's possible that uh, someone in the Connor Norby tier, and this might also include other prospects like um, Jordan Westberg and Joey Ortiz. I feel like some of these guys are destined to get traded maybe for a pitcher. Uh, I, I don't know who that's going to be. That's probably going to depend on how other teams evaluate some of these guys, who the Orioles secretly like the best, um, you know, stuff that kind of fans aren't really able to know. But, um you know, I mean, you know, I don't want to say Connor Norby came out of nowhere because he was a second-round pick, you know. Um, but certainly you wouldn't have gone into this year expecting, okay, he's going to hit 29 home runs and lead the entire Orioles minor leagues. And uh, it's, it's uh, I would say his, his improvement, outside of Gunnar Henderson just becoming amazing and making his MLB debut, I feel like um, Norby's might be the second most exciting um, 
kind of surprise development on the farm this season. Mark Brown, CamdenChat.com, joining us. Mark, you talked about it. You exceed expectations in 2022. So what are the realistic, you know, likely expectations for this O's team going into 2023? I mean, obviously fans are saying we're this close to the playoffs. Let's go out and make it next year. I mean, is that realistic? You know, are you playing way too ahead of your skis uh, this season? Uh, you know, what, how do you kind of temper the expectations, but also, you know, be excited about what you got going on there for next year? Yeah, you know, I think for uh, I think for myself and probably for a, a bunch of others, the, uh, the amount of excitement is probably going to depend on what kind of um, changes they make to the roster from outside the current organization. Um, I think you can convince yourself more that the Orioles can probably do about the same as this year with about the same roster. You're going to get a full season of Gunnar Henderson, presumably would be helpful. Um, maybe have a prospect would be able to improve uh, on Rugnet Odor's performance at second base. Uh, he was the worst regular hitter on the team. Um, pitching staff really is a lot of guys not really sure you want to count on them to do as well as they did, and some of them didn't even do all that well this year. Um, Dean Kramer finished the year pretty well. Uh, Kyle Bradish had a good second half, but it's, you know, can he do it over a full season? Waiver claim Austin Voth, kind of a similar story. So it's it's going to be you know you got people talking to them, okay or you know are the Orioles going to try and sign like a big name pitcher? Uh, current Giants pitcher uh, Carlos Rodon is like the number one guy I've seen kind of mentioned as a maybe Orioles possibility. Um, you know, are they going to trade for somebody who's maybe got two to three years left of team control and arbitration? Uh, and, and, you know, I, I don't know how Mike Elias, when he sits down, is going to kind of evaluate all, all this stuff. Um, I, I think they do need to improve the roster to really make it into the postseason. And I don't think, um, entirely internal options are going to be enough to do it. Although, you know, I, I mean, I'm excited about guys like Grayson Rodriguez, who should be at least one. Uh, automatic to plug in. Um, John Means, who only pitched two games this year and then had to get Tommy John surgery, will probably be back maybe around the All-Star break next year if his rehab and recovery goes well. But I, I just think it's going to take probably one more big-name pitcher and one more big-name hitter probably from outside the organization. And, uh, you know, once they make that decision, then I'll see how excited I'm going to get, I think. <laughs> and, of course, you're in that AL East where there's a lot of other teams in that division set up for success uh you know short term and long term so the o's trying to keep up in a uh, a very tough division and and mark i don't know outside looking in i don't see baltimore as a team historically you know that has gone out and and broke the bank in free agency am i am i right on that like uh and but could this year be different if they go after a rodon or someone no, you're you're definitely not wrong there. Um, other than the Chris Davis contract, which of course was re-signing their own player, although yeah. he became a free agent technically before they did, but you know that that was bringing their own guy back. Um, other than him, I think you uh, the, the next highest contract they ever gave out, if I'm remembering right, was when they signed uh, Miguel Tejada. Oh yeah, I think he got about seventy-two million over six years, and that was back in two thousand four, before the two thousand four season. So, you know, by the standards of uh, baseball contracts, you know, as they've evolved in the 21st century, $72 million is really not a huge uh, huge deal. Uh, they've never given a pitcher more than, I think, $60 million, whatever Alex Cobb got a few years ago. Uh, so, I mean, 
you know, that's not getting you really the, the top five biggest guys, you know, or even the top 10 probably on the market, uh, in, in 2022. So, um, you know, the, the question is going to be, okay, you know, is, uh, it, it seems like, um, a lot of that was driven by owner Peter Angelos was kind of cautious and didn't want to open up for, you know, a big risk. Uh, he seems like he's out of the de- decision-making picture. It's his son, John, who's kind of the controlling uh, partner of the team right now. So we, he's only been doing this for a couple of years, and the Orioles were bad. So it's, it's unknown what's going to happen with, what you know, what is John Angelos going to sit down and say, okay, here's how much money we're going to uh, spend, and then um, Mike Elias has to decide, okay, how much of that gets invested into, like, one or two free agents. And, you know, that, that's an unknown. I, I hope they're willing to uh, take the risk and make a big signing to get, you know, a guy that's going to cost over $100 million. As I said, maybe Carlos Rodon. Uh, I think I've seen him suggested maybe as, like, a six-year, $120 million contract, which for, for Orioles pitchers, that's, like, double the highest they've ever given out. Um, Rodon is a tiny bit of an injury risk. Uh, I think he missed, uh, some extended time within the last couple of years, although he's done very well in 2021 and 2022. Um, so yeah, I mean, what are they going to do? What, you know, I, I don't know what they're going to do. I, I really hope they're able to get a guy who is going to be good. Um, you know, when, when it was Dan Duquette in charge, they were continually kind of still spending on expensive, but not. Uh, not that good pitchers, even though they still cost more than $10 million a year. You had like Ubaldo Jimenez got what? I think $48 million over four years. Wasn't a good signing. Giovanni Gallardo wasn't a good signing. Alex Cobb wasn't really a good signing. They got to get somebody better than those guys. <laughs> They're going to get into the playoffs and do better next season. That, that's really what it comes down to. Mark Brown, CamdenChad.com. Mark, let's uh, look around the playoff picture. Still some things to be decided, but as we sit here right now in the American League, you'd have the uh, the Astros at one, Yankees at two. It's locked in. But uh, looking at the wild card matchups, uh, a couple of other teams from the AL East. Right now it will be Rays at Guardians, Mariners at Blue Jays. And uh, it's it kind of fun to see a different team, certainly with the Mariners in there. The young Blue Jays are exciting. And, uh, man, that place uh, rocks during postseason play. And then uh, on the other side, the Guardians, a lot of wins uh, for Cleveland this year, kind of quietly. And the Rays always do what they do quietly. So how about those wild card teams, Mark? Uh, Rays, Guardians, Mariners, Blue Jays. Which one do you uh, give the – the biggest chance to maybe upset one of the big boys in the uh, divisional series. You know, if if we were imagining, okay, the Orioles are in the wild card race, I'll tell you which team I wouldn't want to play, and that would be the Mariners because they're riding the high of this is the first time they've made the postseason in 21 years. I feel like that's the kind of um, that's the kind of karmic wave that can really just kind of feel like it's pushing a team through the postseason, and uh, I, I I would be. I would be anxious if it was the Orioles going up against that because, you know, they, that's, uh, they hadn't made a postseason since 2001. They really got some exciting young players on that team. Julio Rodriguez is really um, the only rookie who comes anywhere close to Adley Rutschman in terms of how he produced this year. Uh, really, by benefit of playing the full year, he probably outperformed Rutschman and is going to win the Rookie of the Year. Uh, the, their pitching staff has been really good all through the year. They've just, you know, they've got other uh, great young hitters that 
just, you know, they're not really household names because the Mariners haven't been in the postseason every year, but just they're, they're, they're doing very well. And, uh, I, I wouldn't want to go against them. Um, but, you know, uh, Blue Jays are also a tough team. The, the sons of the former big leaguers, you know, you got Vlad Jr., Bobachet, uh, to a lesser extent, Kevin Biggio. It's, it's just, uh, you know, that, that's an amazingly talented team also. Uh, former Oriole Kevin Gossman has been great in their starting rotation. Uh, Alec Manoa, even better. Um, you know, that, if that's the series, that's going to be a heck of a three game series. Uh, you know, best of three. Whatever team loses that is probably going to feel, uh, cheated that they didn't get to at least push best of five like the, the old rules were. Uh, you know, it's, it's just crazy how much talent there is in the AL postseason field. No doubt about that. Mark Brown came to chat.com joining us. When you look at the National League, the Braves, uh, one win away or a Mets loss away from clinching their fifth straight NL East title. Uh, Mark, do you, do you see that series at all over the weekend? Atlanta came in needing to win them all, and they did against DeGrom, Scherzer, and Chris Bassett. That was uh, very impressive to see for the Braves over the weekend. I mean, yeah, that was absolutely a stunning reversal. You you can't say they didn't earn it. Uh, as you noted, they beat DeGrom, and then they beat Scherzer. Um, and it's, I mean, you know, they, they didn't really light those guys up, but their pitching came through and did uh, did well enough to win. And that was, I'm sure, uh, heartburn-inducing for Mets fans. Very exciting it has to have been for Braves fans. Uh, you know, uh, I, I guess we'll see if they end up on a uh, track for a rematch in the postseason or what. But, uh, you know, now the Mets are in one of these coin flip best of threes. I think they're going to play the uh, Padres. That's a team that's got some talent, too. Uh, you know, it, it's it's really going to be very interesting to see how those short series play out. It's 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 got to be chaotic. Yeah, right now it'll be Phillies at Cardinals, Padres at Mets, and then uh, Braves and Dodgers await, and I feel almost the same as I did last year at this time. Who's going to knock off the big bad Dodgers? The Braves were able to do it a year ago, but the the Dodgers have been just putting up you know historic numbers this year, and uh, and will try to find their way back in the World Series uh, like they were uh, and won it a couple years ago. Anybody else in the NL mark outside of uh, Braves, Dodgers, and man, the Mets have had a great year, but. Could be all for naught here uh, if they are are playing in the wild card. Who else in the uh, the National League? Who's your favorite National League wild card team amongst uh, Philadelphia, St. Louis, San Diego, and New York? Well, Cliff, let me just uh, sidestep the question for a second. I just want to say the Dodgers was 110 wins. I mean, that's so crazy. Right? Like, <laughs> it, it's almost blows my mind. And it's not even like they're doing that in a joke division, right? Because the the Giants are 80 and 80, the Padres are 88 and 72. So, you know, the Dodgers have been racking up wins against at least decent to good teams in the in their division. Just just wild. Um back to the wild card picture, you know, my heart is really gonna be with the Mets. Uh Buck Showalter is the manager. As, as I've told you before, I just really think it would be a nice story if he could kind of cap off his career and be at the helm of uh, a World Series winner finally. Uh so, you know, that, that was tough for me as kind of I don't want to say I was a Mets guy, but I was hoping for Buck's sake the Mets could win the division and kind of have the easier path through the playoffs. And uh, so, you know, that, that sucks for that, that they, they weren't able to do it. But there's a lot of talent on that team, too. And, uh, you know, if, 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 they're, uh, if they're a team of destiny, then they're going to win their way through the postseason. And, uh, you know, if, if they're not, then they won't. Mark Brown came to Chad.com. Uh, Mark, we've seen... Some historic uh, home runs this season with Albert Pujols 
uh, hitting 700 now a 703, and uh, of course the uh, there's been a lot of discussion about the Aaron Judge cut-ins for football games. So as a baseball guy like yourself, and you know it's a it's a record technically, but not the record. How, how do you feel about uh, Aaron Judge coverage and uh, and you know cutting into games and stuff like that? You know, I, I don't think the American League single-season home run record is really worth uh, all, all sports kind of <laughs> coming to a split-screen pause every time Aaron Judge comes up to bat, you know. Um, it, it's just, you know, I, I think it's if you're a Yankees fan, that's really interesting that, okay, he's tied Maris, maybe he's going to pass Maris. Uh, I, I don't know why. Well, I, I shouldn't say that. I know why. You know, we know why they're excited because all the uh, all the people that make, decisions in sports media that uh just can't accept the uh the, you know Barry Bonds and the 73 home runs like just uh, you know um the whole steroid business uh, you know we don't need to relitigate all that uh I, I I'm young enough uh in in my sports fandom I, I I don't I never felt like okay these sacred records can never be broken uh it it, it I, you know it, it's just not something that I've ever cared about um it's cool that baseball has old records and it's cool when records are broken. So, you know, uh, the fact that it's like, and when, you know, when you get this, Oh, you know, you got to put an asterisk, whatever. Like I, I don't do that. Um, as far as I'm concerned, judges fighting for sole possession of seventh place on the single season home run list in major league history. There you go. Who cares about seventh place, man? You know, nobody cares. <laughs> Mark Brown came to chat.com joining us today on Pirate Radio Live talking MLB, MLB postseason. Mark, I might check, check in with you again uh, here this postseason, but I don't know. What's on the horizon uh, for the O's as you wrap up this season? Any uh, uh, any big names to, to try to re-sign? What's the, uh, the offseason overall look like for you as far as bringing back your own guys? Well, the only pending free agent is Rugnet Odor, and then there's uh, the, the Orioles have an $11 million contract option for Jordan Lyles, who led the team in innings pitched uh, at a 12-11 record, 4.42 ERA, a little bit below average as a pitcher in the uh, 2022 run environment. So, uh, you know, that's going to be the first interesting decision. Do they, do they try and bring Lyles back? Do they not? I, I personally go back and forth on that. Uh, you can kind of see a way where you're like, well, if they're going to spend $11 million or more on a pitcher, maybe they should spend it on somebody better than Jordan Lyles. But, uh, you know, if you pick up that option, that's one more guy who hopefully stabilizes maybe the back of the rotation, and then then you would be hoping for, okay, can the Orioles do a second addition maybe more towards the front of the rotation? Because, you know, Lyles, if he's your number four or number five pitcher, you're doing okay. Uh, the problem was we went into this season and he was kind of going to be the number two pitcher. And after means got hurt after two starts, it turned out to be the number one pitcher. You know, in, in that sense, it's amazing that the Orioles turned into an 82 win team when Jordan Lyles was the number one pitcher throughout the season. Um, so, you know, th- those are really the only decisions. Uh, the Orioles don't have a lot of pending free agents. Um, so, the, you know, the big thing is going to be, what do they jump in and do from outside the organization? And, you know, we'll, we'll kind of start seeing that, um, I guess, mid-November when uh, free agency really opens up in earnest. Mark Brown came to chat.com joining us today. Mark, uh, enjoyed the chat, man. We'll uh, keep in touch, maybe talk more postseason with you here in a few weeks. So I uh, appreciate your time today, and hopefully the O's can wrap up the regular season uh, with a win or two here. 
it would certainly be nice if they could win at least one more. Uh, just, you know, every, every win feels good. It feels good when your team wins. Um, not that you need me to tell you this. Your team won the World Series last year, uh, 100, 100 games this year. Feels pretty good, I'm sure. Uh, someday maybe I'll know what that feels like. Of course, Mark. It's uh, it's coming your way. I know it is. All right, uh, Mark, thanks, man. Have a good one. All right, take care. See you next time. There is Mark Brown, CamdenChat.com, joining us today on the Pitt Electric Live Line, our final regular season chat. We might uh, talk some playoff baseball with Mark as uh, we get into the postseason beginning on Friday with the wild cards, and then you've got – the divisional round, the uh, championship series, and the World Series. Y'all got any? Uh, what's your World Series prediction, Chandler? Who's in it this year? Man, I, know you, I don't. Know. I know you hadn't followed baseball. I don't know. What, look, I would love to see the Braves back in it, and um, I don't know who else. <laughs> Spoken like a true Nationals fan that stopped watching baseball in April. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, I watched a good a month and a half of baseball, yeah. and I was like, this is exactly what I expected because it's over. I remember we did the over-under of total wins, and I think <clears throat> Nationals had like uh, 60 or 70, yeah. and I was like, hammer the under. I was like, it's going to be bad. But we got some good prospects along the way this year, and hopefully our future's bright. But, hey, you got two World Series champions sitting in uh, Studio A and Studio B with the Braves last year and the Nats in 2019. So I'm still riding high on that World Series championship uh, from a few years ago. Might as well. And to be honest with you, I hadn't watched the Braves game since football started until Friday, Saturday. So Yeah, and I don't take advantage <clears throat> of that World Series championship because it is my only world championship. For any team you root for? Yes. Yeah. Tough, Jeff. All right, let's get a break in. We'll come back, wrap up Hour 2, get you ready for Hour 3. Bryce Williams joining us in the third hour of today's show. We'll hear more Mike Houston comments. Uh, talk more about ECU's win on Saturday. Look ahead to Tulane and more with Bryce Williams. More to go. Pirate Radio Live back with you after this. listening to hour two of pirate radio live this hour of prl is brought to you by first bank together with our customers we're creating a world where individuals and communities thrive visit the first bank location on arlington boulevard in greenville for all your personal and business banking needs now back to the show welcome back at angel oak they continue to make customer service the number one priority a local mortgage advisor is the key to your transaction success the combination of their local team's experience and angel oak's wide offerings of products from standard conventional government and uh, portfolio loans has something for every financial situation for more information call talbot green braxton green joanne weir or wanda hager at 751-2060 now let's head back into prl here's clip Alrighty, back with you, Pirate Radio Live, ECU at Tulane this Saturday at 3.30. We'll be with you 11.30 on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. And, of course, uh, taking your calls after the game on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. Maybe we'll hear from uh, Rod in Wilmington. Do you have that call, Shirley? I just wanted to play this because I like his voice. Uh, Weave and I said he sounded like a... Just an old cowboy sitting on the porch with his best best friend, uh, his his dog by his side as they're looking out at the prairie. And uh, let's let's hear Rod from the other night, Charlie. 
All right, we go next to Wilmington and talk to Rod. Hey, Rod. Good show. Uh, I enjoyed watching you guys. Very entertaining. Uh, I just started uh, watching, catching you a few weeks ago. But, uh, you know, 40 years ago when I was up there at school, we didn't have anything like that. So it uh, there was a lot of excitement in the air then, but it was all electricity. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, the guys did great tonight. Generated a lot of offense, and uh, you know that that third quarter on, on defense was a little tough. But uh, man, that that goal line stand, the fourth fourth one we've had this year, that was uh, fantastic. And uh, uh, you know, all our guys ran hard. The receivers and backs, you know, third and uh, fourth effort. Particularly uh, Roger that one time, he he, he just uh, he was magnificent. I thought, uh, but uh, and uh, Marlon Gunn. Uh, ever since uh, I saw he was signed, I've been excited about seeing what he was going to do, and he he hadn't disappointed. I think he's going to be something. That is Rod in Wilmington. The old cowboy calling in. Said he just picked us up a few weeks ago. So welcome uh, to the family, Rod, uh, down there. And hopefully we hear from you and a bunch of other Pirate fans coming up Saturday after the game on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter calling show. Lined open up at a pick em, even. And now is Tulane by three. So Bryce Williams will find that information interesting as he makes his prediction at the end of today's program. I uh, tell you what, we need to go and get a break in, so we'll uh, we'll talk to Bryce when we return, get his thoughts on, as Ryan Jones pointed out, not just the tight end performances, but everybody on the inside. C.J. Johnson, inside receiver, monster day on Saturday. We'll go over those numbers, get Bryce's thoughts, and uh, talk Pirate football and more when we return on Pirate Radio Live, Hour 3 on tap. Back with you after this. listening to hour three of pirate radio live this hour of prl is brought to you by bud light reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly bud light the official beer of the ecu pirates and proudly distributed by carolina eagle distributing since 1989 now back to the show welcome back do you want to get rid of wrinkles tighten and lift your skin smooth your skin texture erase veins and brown spots and get rid of unwanted hair are you interested in botox or filler Contact the licensed professionals at Beauty Bar Medispa on Red Banks Road in Greenville. Free consultations available by calling 752-1406 or visiting beautybarmedispa.com. Enjoy your visit. Love your transformation. Now let's head back into PRL. Here is your host, Flip Rock. All right, Shirley Rhodes, a stat to consider. The stat to consider. <laughs> Let me see who the, uh, who the Bucks got this week. Anybody know offhand? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, okay. They're hosting the Falcons. So they're favorites in that game. Um, Jeff Darlington tweeted, I suppose it's time to pull out one of the most underrated stats in all of sports. Tom Brady 
will attempt to avoid his first three-game losing streak in 20 years. Brady has lost more than two games in a row only one time in his career, all the way back in 2002. Wow. The Bucks have lost two in a row, but they uh, will be the favorites coming up this Sunday when they take on the Falcons. Let's welcome in Bryce Williams, who has uh, spent a little time with Tom Brady. I saw the light, I was baptized by the fire in your touch and the flame in your eyes. I'm born to love again, I'm a brand new man. Some sweet singing right there, buddy. Where did y'all record that? Was that uh, in here with us? Oh, no, no. We rented out um, Electric Ladyland Music Studio no, was- in London. And, uh, that, was, that, was a, that was at the Grand Ole Opry. The Grand Ole Opry, yeah. <laughs> you know that place you always pass through going through Virginia? It's like the, um, what is it, Shirley? The um, It's like, was Dolly Parton involved in it with something? But it's like Dolly an Blue. abandoned building. No, uh, up in like Roanoke Rapids. Oh, that's Dolly Parton's brother. Yeah. Oh, uh, God, Randy Parton. Um, it's Randy Parton's um, building, but I can't remember the yeah, name of the you building. you always pass it, and yeah. um, and it's, like, just empty. Like, nothing's going on there. You ever seen that before, Bryce? What's the the, uh, yep. It's, it's Dolly Parton's brother place. owns – well, he used to. He no longer owns it and now. I it went, it just it went belly there. up. Yeah. Yeah, I've never seen that. Yeah, it's all – like, when you go through uh, – going into virginia or whatever it was supposed to be like a premier country music venue right and then it just never panned out and then uh it went belly up and i think they they sold it to new owners but i don't think they're doing it every time i've ever ridden by there's nothing tall grass and this nice beautiful building but anyway that's where chandler and i went to record that song we did a little day trip they let they let y'all in (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh have you ever been to dollywood you know, I've never been to Dollywood. I think you should take Anna to Dollywood. I went as a kid. Great place. A lot of good eating. I'll ask her if she's up for it. A lot of old, like, traditional stuff. I used to love they would, like, carve you a uh, little baseball bat, a wooden baseball bat. That was Now, cool. that would be interesting to see. Yeah, a lot of... A lot On of a lathe, or they just carve it with a knife? I don't recall. Oh. I just remember getting a little baseball bat, and I was oh. excited. Oh, you didn't watch them carve it now i don't know if they did it right there on site i want to probably not they probably just had them and maybe they were making others Mm -hmm. as you could go purchase one but uh this was a long time ago i just remember uh yeah good food i think they had one wooden roller coaster and uh dolly world check it out dolly world next uh vacation destination there bryce oh i got i got something to bring up i think on uh we can pull this up now because this is pirate radio outdoors oh yeah but it's also sports related because there was a headline on uh espn about it and did you see this the controversy in the fishing tournament yeah so this guy Mm. uh had caught some fish in a fishing tournament and they start pulling out weights from the fish, right? Mm-hmm. So he, like, in, injected, I guess, through the mouth, uh, put oh, weights yeah. in the fish. That's And, boy, they found out, and these guys were hot, as they should be. Oh, he has a lot of money on the line. A lot. They were calling him a thief, said you should go to jail. Yeah. But this, like, this became viral this week. So, I agree. Uh, that's, mm, that's... You, you haven't done... You don't do much, like, tournament stuff, no, do you? No, no. Yeah. I'm just more of a... 
uh, enjoyment kind yeah, of Yeah, yeah. Make it a recreational activity, yeah. not a job. But, uh, man. That's not good. I guess it goes on in every walk of life, including yeah. tournament fishing. Yeah, I don't think greed has ever got anybody anything good in the end. Hmm. Yeah. It's a good life lesson you know? for today. I mean, because mm, you're going to get caught. Yeah. You're going to get got. One way or the other. But you, what is that? Um, Marshawn Lentz, you're going to get got. I know you're going to get got. <laughs> but I'm gonna get mine for us out. He got that fisherman got got. That he did. God, that's not good. And uh, if you haven't seen the video, you can find it. It's readily available everywhere now. Just Google like fishing tournament cheating or whatever. Oh yeah. But he, I don't think the guy said a word the entire two and a half uh, minute video. I'm sure he sat there, kind of looked straight ahead, like I got got. He got. There ain't got. nothing to say it's, now. I tell you. So, I don't know the worst, bring a man to do that. The worst part about that was is that he was so stupid. The reason why they searched it was because he caught four fish, but the four fish added up to like well <laughs> over 34 pounds, which is nowhere where those fish should be. I didn't even think about that. Like, yeah. Yeah, the, wow. those fish should weigh roughly six to seven pounds, depending yeah. on the size of the fish. But apparently, it was extremely overweight for the four fish, and that's what raised the alarm. And then they decided, okay, well, something's up. You know, well, there was a little you, fishy. What do you call those things, Bryce? Egg weights. The weights. So yeah. they were about golf ball or maybe bigger than yeah, those golf. Those are probably, yeah. those look to be like, gosh, I bet those are three, four, five ounce weights i mean so real as bryce said the best thing to learn today is that the greed never wins you're you're gonna get got yep uh but if you choose to go down that path you gotta be be a little smarter about it instead of putting three of them bad boys in there just put one in there right (laughs) you know know, just one but and then my thing you start looking into it and you know i don't know if he did it while the fish were dead alive i'm thinking if that son of a gun did that while they were alive i'm like yeah it's a fish but i'm, I'm not hit sitting that's cruel kind of cruel that's yeah. cruel to shove some weights down your throat while you're still alive that's a very and, good point you know and i'm like but that's that's pretty i mean because pretty could, low. could he be charged with animal cruelty you he's know? charged with a crime yeah, possibly and bryce you do a lot of animal killing but you are uh humane humane ethical yeah most definitely uh-huh. yeah i i saw that i i couldn't believe it man all right, so uh, the fishing world gets the spotlight for the wrong reasons this week. We'll uh, we'll get more Pirate Radio Outdoors later on in the show. Bryce, uh, what do you think of Saturday, man? That was exciting. That was uh, some good good air raid is what I like to you know refer to that game as. Reminded um, you of some games you were Yeah, that was good. We were airing that thing out, and it was wonderful to see the effectiveness of that. Um, you know, I mean, in some awesome, you know, plays and catches got made. I mean, obviously to highlight C.J. Johnson, I mean, four tugs, that's crazy. I mean, that, I don't know when's the last time I've seen someone score four touchdowns individually. Um, and there were, I mean, a few of those were some pretty uh, competitive catches, too, um, that I remember seeing. So that was impressive. Um, that's what it's about, though, right? Giving your guy, if they're one-on-one, oh gosh. let your guy the best win best man win. And yeah. um, that's, you know, that's... That was very impressive that performance he put on. Um, then obviously rolling back to the tight end, which you know uh, Shane didn't get a touchdown, but he had some good plays for sure, um, interception wise. And then you know Ryan Jones, 
I love that fact. I, I think it was like two play two situations in a row or twenty two for um USF got trucked by Ryan Jones and then Raj Hay put it on him. I said, Man, that poor guy's getting he's having a rough day. Yeah. But Ryan lowered the shoulder, um, you know, to get in the end zone, which was, you know, awesome to see. And it kind of reminded me of the touchdown I had you know, in uh, Tulane. You know, it was you catch like on the ten or whatever it was, and it's like, Okay, you're in my way, here I come. And uh, you know, Ryan put it on him, so that was a great performance by him. And then just the offense overall was great, almost five hundred yards um in total offense and that was very exciting and I think I was you know uh, I think my they kind of busted my prediction but hey for the good and um hopefully we can keep that up uh we've talked about this I'll ask you as a former player Bryce when you go into the locker room up 41 to 7 and the guys yesterday on the players lounge said that the coaches were preaching the score zero to zero yeah oh yeah well coach you're lying to me the score is 41 to 7 we're kicking their tail <laughs> but i get the uh i get the point but it, you know how tough is it to to say man we gotta um, keep going here yeah it, i mean it, it kind of is because you're thinking oh we kind of got this in the bag but the minute you start thinking that i mean it, things can go for a turn and it can happen quick yeah um so it is a little tough to not sort of kick back and just sort of go through your plays and stuff, you know, mentally wise, and they guess they held on because I mean, obviously, USF was kind of getting getting hot there for a second, um, you know, scoring those touchdowns. And um, but yeah, you, that's the big thing to that they instill on you: zero zero. Do not get complacent, and you know, keep fighting till the clock is over because it was always tough. It was, you know, especially when there was blowouts in games, you know, and starters we get taken out at you know the third quarter, kind of like. All right, let me hang out, and mm-hmm. then like we've seen it kind of the other the you know the second string guys and third or whatever who's in things start to mess up. You're like, uh oh, you know we got to get back in there and try and get things rolling. So um, which we held on to that mindset. I think you know finished with a twenty point um, you know lead. You know, you know that was obviously comforting, but uh, yeah, you got to keep that mentality to uh, just keep going to the fat lady things and one of those things that can happen is turnovers and we saw one yep. in the second half on what i thought was a really cool play do you remember the tight end screen that uh jones fumbled on yes i want to pull uh, up the play because it looked like no 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 no. i'm talking about this week right but that he the play when they did the tight end screen fumble wasn't that in houston well that was a run i want to say like an end around oh but then this week it was ryan jones that fumbled right or did I get that? Yeah. Yeah. I want to find the play because it was basically like a jailbreak screen kind of. Everybody came through. Mm-hmm. And Jones, it looked like, had nobody in front of him, but the guy barely caught up behind him and uh, poked the ball out. Oh, and ECU turned it one. over. But I thought it was an awesome uh, – I remember ECU was going right to left. So maybe it was the fourth quarter. Um but it was a well-designed play. We have a Brown and Wood drive of the game every week on our fifth quarter, and I made sure this week to highlight the Ryan Jones uh, touchdown as the drive of the week, Bryce, and brought up your text because mm. you got excited about him scoring, 80 balling two, <laughs> and then see what happens when you use your tight end. So oh, yeah. is that your number one like message to Donnie every week? Hey, let's use these guys. Uh, rhetor- rhetorically, yes. <laughs> Not for real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, and Ryan Jones pointed out yesterday, you know, C.J. Johnson's moved to the inside, 
so mm-hmm. if you want to you know just go over the numbers for the inside receivers tight ends astronomical numbers for oh yeah guys. so one thing hardy uh, one of our breakdowns and you know zay and it was kind of an inside thing when, when uh we were playing was you know hardy or whoever's breaking down would go inside and we say we ball and i mean that's just how it is coach k prided ourselves on being the better receiver group i guess we'll see right oh so you had yeah. challenges within the receiving uh, i mean like kind of but yeah. not like uh state not like out there um to do but yeah it was uh inside we ball and that was kind of our little thing to let's be the you know you don't want everybody balling out of course but um let's be the better group and i think you probably were with hardy and yourself outside of the virginia tech game where cam worthy had like oh, yeah. four catches for Goodness 200 yards gracious. <laughs> that was awesome that was unreal uh pirates uh injuries a part of the game bryce uh hated to see rajay go down yeah i was i don't know where i where i've missed that or was it noticeable like what did he i can't remember seeing the stop on the like seeing him stop the game you could or definitely anything. see his knee buckle was it, it was I'm just not, i'll probably miss that one then it, it was just one of those awkward you know you plant your foot oh hyper extended uh, trying I'm to sure. dodge a tackle and yeah oh yeah did i tell you that Knock on wood, I've never. Well, I've had some knee injury outside of college, but um, yeah, when you hyperextend that knee, that is a funky feeling. I'm guessing that's what he did, and whew, it's a it's a weird feeling when that knee goes backwards, and you're like, okay, what mm, happened there? Yeah. It, it uh, makes you stop. But uh, none of them are good. But those like yeah. non-contact, because this those was are a scary one. Yeah, that pre-contact. Was a sharp yeah. Shane, there, I'd stick her out. I you like that? Oh, yeah. But uh, did you ever have any of those non contact injuries, Bryce, where you plant Thankfully, wrong? I don't think I do. Yeah. Were uh, you there? Maybe. Uh, man, I've slipped several times on out routes and stuff, and you're kind of like an idiot. But <laughs> you've, de- you've definitely been on the football field there where a teammate might have done it. I know, I think Ben Kirk was here. I think he, his was a non contact injury in the fall, mm. uh, right before that senior year. So. Um, yeah, t- that's a tough situation. It's it's oh, it's never good whenever it's a non-contact. Oh yeah, because like that gummit, really. Like all I'm doing is running and trying to play some ball. Sterling Shepard the other day for the Giants was just jogging down the field and literally just stepped and he goes down holding his. The knee. greatest athletes in the world and there's something freaky happening. Oh yeah, that. I feel like this is where they were on the field. It's got to be coming up soon. I feel like. Uh, but anyway, it was a uh, a screenplay I want to try to find here. Could it be this play? Let's, Let's see. see. Thanks to yeah. Snap. Yes. Oh, wow. And then. Oh, dang. I missed that one. Dang. I love this play, though. Wow. That was. Because it was set up, right? Man. But the oh, guy yeah. caught him from behind. Dang. Look how much open uh, room there is here. If he dang. gets by that guy, oh, he's probably gone. I hope we see that again because, I mean, obviously, Ryan Jones got some jets on him, so. I thought they would review this, too, because when they show the replay, it, but I guess Ryan didn't complain much. I guess it was a fumble. But uh, just because the outcome of that play went awful for the yeah, Pirates, I, know, I still it. love the design here. But that was... Oh, yeah, he definitely called it and ran. Man. Could have got by that guy. I, I think he that scored. One. That would have been a fun play. I hope we bring that back later. And you know Ryan's hating it, too, cause like, and, and really all the guys, because you, you draw up a beauty like that and you fumble. <laughs> Uh, you know, who knows if Coach K goes back to it now. Yeah, I know. Once you, I tell you, when you do some creative plays and unfortunately it goes wrong, it kind of leaves a bad taste in the coach's mouth. And they're like, well, run to normal stuff, dude. Yeah. You guys can't do this. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> look, guys, I'm talking to Coach K. Look, I'm trying to get y'all creative plays. Look, y'all just can't hold on football. <laughs> I can hear him now. Now, put your, 
put yourself in Ryan's shoes there. Is that a situation there where you see that open field and then you get so excited that maybe the technique stuff like kind of goes out? You're like protecting the rock and stuff like that. Um, I could see he definitely was getting anxious. I think that I would say the defensive guy probably just made a good player. Yeah. Maybe Ryan was maybe adjusting the ball if we slowed it down. Maybe switching hands or something. Uh, maybe the guy just called him at a good time. You're probably not um, expecting. You're looking ahead. You're not expecting right. somebody that's, behind yeah, you to come out of nowhere and punch yeah. the ball out. Love that play. Hate the result. Yeah. But uh, maybe we'll see something. So, look, we've been calling for screens, right? Oh uh, yeah, tight end screens, running back screens, some guys, and they uh, they run one and don't work. Now Donnie can say, "See, that's why we ain't running no screens." Where well, did, see, I, that I don't like the camera. Can we get a good better cam- camera? I can give you the, the <laughs> good live, luck with that broadcast, the live play, and see it one more time, and Bryce can break it down here. That's, uh... So he's lined up, what do you call it, like a wing, I guess, off the Yeah, line just yeah, a little the wing. So he catches go. it off that shoulder boot. Mm. It was almost like he was bringing – he called it this way. And it was almost like when he was bringing it to tuck. I think the yeah. guy just called him at a good time. Good Man. time for the defense guy, bad time for yep. Ryan, but – God, that would have been a beauty to watch. All right, let's uh, get a break in. We'll come back. We'll uh, get Bryce's thoughts on East Carolina Tulane. We'll go Pirate Radio Outdoors and have more for you here on a Tuesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this. Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Quality Equipment is your full-service John Deere dealer with 28 locations to serve you. They are open in Winterville next to Sam's Club where you can go online and visit qualityequip.com to find the location near you. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Brock. Alrighty, back with you here on Pirate Radio Live with former Pirate tight end Bryce Williams joining us today. Williams. Why do we we put the uh, Williams? We we put a Y in your name. Williams. Williams. We should say Bryce William Williams. 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 <laughs> Williams. 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 But I mean, you're, you're Will Youngs, right? Williams. 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 Bryce Williams. It's like a Will mm, Will M's. So, did you ever get to do a uh, Sunday night football uh, intro? Where Bryce Williams, East Carolina. <laughs> no, never got to do that. <laughs> that would have been cool. Would you have shouted out like your high school or ECU? Would Probably you? ECU. Yeah. Yeah. All right. By way of Marshall. Yeah. In the Winston area. Uh huh. <laughs> Just name it all. Just give all your credits. <laughs> All right, uh, two and two. We were looking at the record, saying uh, it could be a little better. Three and two, that's pretty good. Yeah, four yeah. and two would look really good if yeah. they can knock off two lane. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much you know about the Green Wave, Bryce. How about four and one receiving votes in the top twenty-five? Only loss came on a letdown. They had beat K State on the road, come home, lose to Southern Miss, and outside of that uh this team has been really good just won at houston in overtime so mm. tough team uh and uh 
it seems like Tulane, we'll talk about it with Igo tomorrow. Every year, this Tulane game is pivotal. Yeah. Because for years, it was like, all right, if we can win this one, we got to, to try to get to a bowl. Now it's like, if we win this one, we're still alive in the conference championship yeah. race, all yeah. that. So every year, it's uh, it's a pivotal game, no different this year. between. Oh, two. yeah, most definitely. I remember, of course, when we when I was there, Tulane was kind of like, oh, like, we're gonna beat them. Like we gotta beat them. Well, yeah, right. You know, you always we always play. You know, we played them in the Superdome, so it made things. And then one year you didn't beat them. We didn't beat them. Yeah, it was <laughs> whenever. What thirteen maybe, thirteen, whatever it was when they were in the Superdome, and it was that is a weird. God, that was such a weird setting in the Superdome because of course you had like hardly any ECU fans. You know, a little bit of Tulane fans, and it was this huge arena. And it was just like a game going on. It was just like it was almost like a closed venue game. You know, it was quiet. Um, in basketball, when those when those games are in those giant arenas, they talk about sight lines and how sometimes it messes you up and you got to get used to it and practice. Mm-hmm. Like, is that any effect on that um, football? I at never all? noticed any yeah. uh, during that, but um, it was definitely weird being in the Superdome. And you know, we always thought we you know we need to win this. I can't remember our record against Tulane, but. Um, yeah, we definitely need to pull this out. I mean, I'll, now I feel like for the past several years now, I guess I've been out of school for goodness gracious a long time. Um, Tulane, I feel like it's been fairly consistent. Am I? Their coach Willie right? Fritz has got them as a respectable program. Yeah, now. so that's what I'm remembering um, these past few years. So we definitely, I'd love you know if we can, I'd love to put on a performance mm. like we did last week. We're, we're not doing doing it. Do the this. bummer, Bryce, was 2013 yeah. triple overtime yeah. lost by three, and then you uh, you whooped them the next year here win, in Greenville. Win, win. Okay, yeah. what year was that? I don't even remember. Well, that, wait, where are we at here? 13 was the uh, yeah the bad one. Okay, and 14. Yeah, you beat them. We did beat them. Oh, we so did. and did you play them in 12? Remind me of your 12. We year. did uh, 12. I think I was traveling. Um, I don't think I played that year. Beat them down in the uh, in the dome, mm-hmm. and now they have, of course, their outdoor stadium, their new stadium. I know, which was cool. Yeah. Um, it would have been fun to play them in that. I feel like ever since they got the outdoor stadium, they've been pretty good. Um, yeah, hopefully we can you know get by them and put on performance and hang up about another five hundred <laughs> yards in total offense would be great. If maybe a tight end will get four touchdowns this game, that could be. be. Cool. Ryan um, Jones has scored a touchdown in four straight games, and in all five games, a tight end has scored. That is, so I that's know you good. like that. Oh, that's good stuff for sure. So, yeah, hopefully with Tulane. What time is that game? Is it night game? Three thirty. Three thirty. ESPN U. Okay, we're on TV this week. There we go. Um, yeah, if we can pull that out, that would be wonderful stuff. Um, just keep the uh, momentum going. Bryce Williams joining us. Bryce, uh, let's get a little Pirate Radio Outdoors in, and then we'll circle back to ECU football. What uh, what you been up to this week and over the weekend? Uh, well, we have been in the woods. Um, you know, I've obviously bow season right now, and I've been itching to get in there. And Friday, I slipped in the woods. Um, well, not Friday, Thursday, before the storm, and um, – I did have some uh, deer in the woods as I was going in, so I guess you call that kind of getting caught with your pants on the ground. So I kind of put on a little stalk on a doe, and the closest I could get to her was like 54 yards. And needless to say, she kind of wandered off. She never knew I was there, but you know, I'm not going to take a 54-yard shot with a bow. So she wandered off. Long story short, that hunt was over, but I hunted uh, Sunday. Tell us again your uh, your bow range real quick. What are you comfortable with? I would, I mean, if I got a good shot, 
feeling pretty steady. I mean, I would poke one at 40. Hmm. I mean, I, I mean, in the woods, at 40 is a long way. And then looking at a target, you know, you, you know, you got a little bit of uh, not much error with a, you know, with a deer as far as hitting the vials. But I would take a poke at 40 if I got desperate. At that range, uh, uh, how much does wind factor in? big deal uh, not a big deal i wouldn't say too terribly much right. um you know you're in the woods so it's not too crazy yeah. um but i mean the one little if you i mean if you don't do everything you're supposed to and like you kind of don't follow through with the shot or just kind of try and see the shot before i mean it, it obviously hits has a you know farther distance travel so error can if you don't do it right you know you can go over them or hit make a bad shot and the last thing you want to do is have a gut shot on a deer because that just makes for a long night, and you just gotta let them be. And blood trails typically aren't that good, but uh, 40 is about the farthest I'd take it. Most of the time, my shots are gonna be like 30 and in. All right. And so I went there Sunday, and I mean the deer are coming in like clockwork. But um, there was a mama that came in with a youngin, but the youngin was obviously plenty old. But I'm like, I can't orphan it. It's still learning from its mom. So you know, I got some empathy, you know, when it yeah. comes to, you know hunting and stuff but then some other does came out that were i would have shot if it would have been a little earlier in the evening but i was like i'm not trying to track a doe you know in the dark and thankfully it did i didn't shoot it because um you know the rain came and stuff like that so that, that would have been a mess but i had about seven deer around me they were running around and stuff so it was good it was an eventful day but um uh, they've lived to see another another pile of corn so i've done that but i did actually brave the storm on friday and said man these deer need to be fed you know i mean they got to feed the buffet so i did brave the wind and the rain uh friday to put some corn out to get ready for this weekend but um still on the mission to you know stick one with my bow before rifle season comes in and even then i may wait till i get one with my bow before i um jump in the box stand for the for the uh bang bang you know box stand for the bang bang yeah (laughs) so um I'll be out there. I don't know what day yet, though, but um, they're coming in pretty regularly and got them patterned pretty well. All right. Bryce Williams, Pirate Radio Outdoors. Let's uh, get a break in. Shirley will come back, have more for you on Pirate Radio Live here on a Tuesday. More to go after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. It was a good day for the stock market. The Dow was up 825 points and closed at 30,316. NASDAQ was up 360 at 11,000. 700 uh, 176 and the S&P was up 112 points at 3790. That's your Wells Fargo Advisors financial report for a personal look into investing. Call Wells Fargo Advisors today at 756-6900 in Greenville. Wells Fargo Advisors LLC member SIPC. Now let's head back into the show. Here's Clip. Back with you Pirate Radio Live. So earlier in the show, oh, we just go on kind of tangents uh somebody our winner was like uh was it josh aldridge i think his name was and i said something about lamarcus aldridge and then was trying to get y'all to guess where he went to college and 
I told Shirt we kind of did a ge- uh, geographical uh, exercise. Yes. And I said I wanted to ask Bryce a question mm-hmm. in hour three. And Bryce, I couldn't. I don't think I. I don't think I could do this. I could guess maybe, but I'm going to ask you. How good are you at geography, like U.S. geography? I feel like I'm fairly, fairly good. All right. I feel like I'm pretty good. All right. Well, let's see. I'm on first question, Bryce. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put you in a uh, not a car, but a truck, okay. so you feel comfortable. Perfect. I'm gonna diesel. Put, I'm going to put you in a diesel. Okay. Dually. There we go. And, yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to put you out in uh, in old Nebraska. And I'm going to say, Bryce, I got you in a truck in Nebraska, and I'm going to need you to drive to Georgia. What states are you driving through? <laughs> God, that's tough. That's a tough um, one, buddy. I want to say, as I go east, <laughs> I want to uh, I want to say Kansas. All right, I got to pull it up myself here to find out where oh, we are. I can't believe he was, as it goes, Tennessee. All right, so Nebraska. Okay, all right, you can go to Kansas. That's fine. Okay. Where are you going next? Okay, okay, Kansas. Woo. I'm about to image the map. I'll say this. You're closer to Georgia than you were when you started. There we go. So you're on the right So I'm track. going to Kansas, <laughs> and then I'm going to... You can either go to the state south of Kansas or east of Kansas. I'm your going, call here. I'm going Kansas, Arkansas. Well... Dang, no way. I mean, kind of. If you hop on a plane. I mean, technically. Let me redo this. Like, there's, they almost touch, but they don't. Okay. So he's close. Can I get but, a redo? Yeah, yeah. Right. You can't quite get to Arkansas, but if you go east or south, you will be bordering on Arkansas. So this next state you choose, you'll be beside Arkansas. I'm trying to think of Texarkana. That Arkansas. Kansas. I want to say I'm going to pass through Missouri. Of course you are. Uh, you are going to go uh, east to get to Missouri. Okay, so come heading east. Missouri. So you went south to get to Kansas, east to Missouri. Yep. Okay, so I'm going Missouri. And what is hitting Missouri? That is, what's next? I want to say, no, not Tennessee. Missouri. I think I'm about to go north if I say it. Um, <laughs> We're traveling with Bryce Williams, <laughs> trying to get from Nebraska to Georgia. And so far, he's traveled through uh, beautiful Kansas and Missouri. Oh, what's next to Kansas? I want to say... Well, you're in Missouri. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. <laughs> I want Missouri. And then it goes... Man, I want to say it's... Say it. I want to say it's Tennessee, but I don't think I'm close enough yet. You only get... Uh, you only get two strikes so are you going tennessee no i'm not going tennessee <laughs> i'm gonna go missouri mm. yikes <laughs> i want to go he is stuck in missouri he's going in a circle Get out of missouri hey, man. am i going to iowa oh boy they're going north oh, no. <laughs> now we're going back north <laughs> going right. back north this not... is what happens but... when you don't have map quest gps or a map in any general direction Yikes. bryce i'm gonna give you iowa but you got because you're still my next thing i gotta go south your next move you gotta go southeast I, okay here. southeast what's southeast of uh iowa and there's only one state that is Man. southeast of iowa <laughs> What the, I mean, I've driven through these states. That's what's crazy. I went drop down Iowa to Kentucky. Lynn, uh, Dang. you're out. Uh, what was it? Bryce, Dang. you could have made a move here from Missouri to get right to Tennessee. 
you could have done oh, it. Oh, man. You could have done it. Oh, Tennessee. Yep, you could have got there, and then we're going right to Georgia, and you'd have been there. That would have been You pulled right. down here, and then you went all the way up north to Iowa. Man. And the state you were looking for there was Illinois to get down to back down here. That was a fun game that, for me. Man, I'm embarrassed. No, you shouldn't be. I couldn't do that. All those middle America states, yeah. they run together for me. Bunch of squares. Dang. So uh, that was fun. Mm. Anybody else want to try? Get, I need to get quick. Yeah, I'll try. All right, Shirley wants to go. Price, where, give it a shot. where should we put Shirley? Let's put Shirley. Yeah, you, you decide where uh, we're putting her. I need a redemption after this um, thing. <laughs> okay, <it>. Shirley. <laughs> Shirley. We're gonna See, this uh, This feels like a five-second question coming from Bryce when he does that. We're going to yeah. put you. Okay, Shirley. We're going to put you. Let's do a bio- biology I bet, I bet, question. I, go northeast. I bet one. That one screw her up. Yeah, let's go northeast. I'm going to oh slap you up in there in Vermont. Shirley's <laughs> <laughs> oh, in Vermont. Slapped up there in Vermont. Where's she got to go? She's got to get to... This is going to be tough, Jeff. You've got to get... How many states did you have to get to? Dang, I had to that get... That was about five, five, four or five. Five states, one, two, three, four. All right, we're going to put you... you got to travel home to... Illinois. All right. Illinois. 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 Wow, that's tough right oh, there. Oh, I'm going to Chicago. <laughs> I made, a, made that real difficult. All right, well, what's your first move from Vermont, Shirley? You got to go west. Yeah, let's go gotta west. got to go west because you can't go east. If you go east, you're out in the ocean. Mm, close. Um, Let's go... You got two options here. Let's go to Rhode Island first. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't get there via car. Well, I mean, you can, but not. You're skipping a state. Yeah, you're skipping. So I'm that's skipping a, a state. Yeah. Oh, okay. So there's Go a state west. in between. Think west. Go west. Northeast, west. <laughs> you say west? Northeast. Northeast. Oh. The lights are bright. It never sleeps. Yep. New York. All right. There you, there you go. go. That's there the only hint. All right. Big move there, sir. All right. So I'm going through New York. Now we need to I go. Continue. S- we got to go south here. We got to go south of New York. Yep. Um. Let's. I think. Uh, I think Maryland's going to be too far south. Um. Go. Uh, I'm thinking going west and. It's, well, I mean, you're going southwest basically at this point. I am going southwest. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Maybe this game ain't great for radio. <laughs> no, it's not because I'm I'm trying to visualize and it's not helping. Uh, I think I'm going too far south. I'm going to go Maryland. You are going too far too south. Too far south. So Shirley, we needed you okay, to go. Okay, so I needed to go back up and over. So wait, where are you going? You're in Canada. <laughs> No. No, she's not from I'm Maryland. I'm from Maryland. I got to go back up and over. Oh, oh, oh. I see. I see. Mm-hmm. Uh, Connecticut. Whoa. Oh, you... Too far wait, over. Wait, wait, wait. That is possible, but now you're going to. Okay. I'm going to give you Connecticut, Shirley. Okay. But then you're going up to Massachusetts, Vermont, and you're back in New York. <laughs> so now where are you going? You've done a big circle <laughs> because you can't get anywhere from Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could get lost in Connecticut just simply because you're in Connecticut. Um, d- d- Freaking hey, what's left of? Should we show her some sisterly love? Philly. Uh, all right, Pennsylvania. Philly, well, Pennsylvania. From where? From from not Connecticut. From New York. Oh, from New York. New York. So oh, going okay. Connecticut, New York. All right, let's keep going. Philly. West. We got to go west. We got two states between us, Shirley. Two states in between Michigan. No. <laughs> no. 
no that's not it either no might can take the john boat over there <laughs> oh what's uh below michigan well there's michigan there's ohio mm-hmm. you want to go there do you want to go yeah to let's go to ohio we're going to ohio we are one state one state separates no ohio and illinois what is that state shirley okay so i know ohio and michigan are pretty close together um oh chicago is illinois so that's over we we stop with the whispering it's 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 interrupting my brain here uh so i'm doing ohio great lakes yeah i know it's the great lakes Mm -hmm. ohio the Mm -hmm. michigan the only other one i can think of is kentucky but that's not it either well okay i'll give you kentucky because that does wait wait kentucky yeah. is connected to illinois shirley Shirley Rhodes is correct da, da, da. but what we were looking for i only got lost in you you know in connecticut well, yeah you did a round trip in connecticut. I, I, mean, yeah. kinda, I went around wow. my elbow to get to my thumb we were looking for indiana indiana indiana, indiana. indiana. i should know that but that's where my nephew was born ohio is connected to kentucky and illinois yeah, i knew so. that well because indiana and ohio share a bridge like it there's a bridge that goes between indiana is the ohio river goes right in mm. between those two states the river and i'm i was trying to remember indiana and i blurted out kentucky all right um what i would have done there and i probably wouldn't have got it but i i my brain always says sports terms i would have gone big 10 i'm like michigan ohio who else do they play Mm -hmm. and i would have had some options there minnesota maybe uh you know so okay so i've got a quick five second anyone can answer question for you all right in five seconds or within five seconds tell me how many quarterbacks have there been in miami since dan marino retired <laughs> in five seconds uh 24 balls is that it yeah Whoa. holy cow wow i wasn't <laughs> that, I, I just threw out a number 24 oh i thought i had him stumped i mean wow. that, that was, was a guess though, a right? shot in the dark that was a Absolutely. shot in the oh, wow. dark but it was 20 it's 24 that's, That's how many quarterbacks oh my Miami God. has had since Dan Marino retired. What a wow. Hail Mary. I'm a genius, folks. Wow. Uh, 24. <laughs> Chad said Shirley needed the John Tesh music in the background to help her think. Yes, because it helps me concentrate. Yeah, that's right. That got oh, and you by the college. way, um, you know how we talked about John Tesh had sacks on the beach and sacks uh, by the sax fire? by the fire, yeah. He also had an ab- album called Sacks All Night. <laughs> That's all night, baby. That John Tesh is uh, a randy guy, yeah, huh? He's he a randy is. little fella. He's a card. That he is. He's a he card. is a complete card. <laughs> all right, uh, Bryce Pirates Green Wave <laughs> three point spread Dang. down in uh, Nola. As in, we're up. Uh, we they're up. Favored they by three. Favored by oh. three. Man. Well, obviously, I mean, the Pirates going to win. Pirates. pirates obviously, gonna Pirates going to win. They're going to pull it out. And um, I'm gonna think we had a we had a pretty good offensive performance. We carried that momentum over to this week. I tell you, ECU wins, and it's gonna be it's gonna be some scores scoring. I'm gonna go ECU 
be a tough game though. ECU twenty eight. Okay. Tulane twenty four. I see this being a close game one way or the other. So would not shock me at all. Twenty four. I mean, I don't feel Yeah, two good teams. the guys yesterday, the players said when we look at Tulane, they remind us of us. Like mm-hmm. a good program with Willie like you remember Tulane being kind of, you could beat yeah. it pretty good. This is a different Tulane, different coach, very similar programs, which is why the spread is so mm-hmm. so close. And uh I think, yeah, that four point spread one way or the other. Yeah. Could be it. Let's let's do it. All right. Go back. Three thirty Saturday. Mm-hmm. Bryce will be uh locked in on ESPNU. Bryce, thanks for hanging out, man. Thank y'all for having me. We'll give you a geography redemption next yeah, week. Come on now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that was uh, that was good. That was a fun game. I enjoyed it. We need to get like a fourth grader on to play against us. Yeah, they're, they're probably like learning that it. stuff. Yeah. And we got to go back all the way back all those years. Uh-huh. All right. Good stuff. Shirley Chan Man. We'll see you Wednesday, 3 o'clock. Thanks for tuning in today. And uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow on an all new edition of Pirate Radio Live. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.